Anyway, I guess I'm on this retreat right now. Yeah, you could be like crying right now. Probably. I'm nervous about water. The drinking water? Well, I don't know what the water situation is going to be, Casey. And I like to drink a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) What if they're like tap water is fine? It's not fine for me. How's it going, Casey? I'm so I. You gotta be so tired. Wait, what time is it there? Oh, it's eleven eleven. Oh, (laughs) eleven. Woke up this morning at eleven eleven. I think I need a. I think I need like a celery juice today. A celery juice? Yeah. Interesting. I haven't had one in so long. Yeah. I know you used to love that celery juice. Well, it's not the same in New York City. Can I just be real? Yeah. What's different about it? It doesn't taste good. (laughs) But it tasted good here? It tastes good. Yeah. It tastes much better in uh, Los Angeles. Produce just kind of tastes better in Los Angeles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. It's like very, very fresh in Los Angeles. Yeah, in Los Angeles. I mean, it's not like New York City doesn't have access to fresh produce, but I'm going to be honest. I've seen a lot of garbage bags of lettuce sitting on the sidewalk outside of delis, getting ready to be loaded into the salad bar in the morning. So, you know. I don't know. It's just not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I like... It's weird. I like the taste of celery. I love a celery soup. I love celery root in put into any type of vegetable dish, but I don't know about celery juice. I don't know what it is about celery juice that I'm not feeling. Well, there's nothing else added. The other things that you're talking about, like they, or what makes it good. Yeah. yeah, To me, to me, salt and, (laughs) and like maybe cream and maybe like seasonings. (gasps) Well, a, no, sometimes celery soup. Yeah, sometimes celery, cream of celery soup, it, right. but that's too much for me. But that, also like, but also just like any soup tastes better than any just yeah, juice. It has Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so Casey. Yes. What's happening? Well, everyone, it's Friday. So, um, so we're pre-taping this episode so that you all will have an episode and won't have to go without one while busy is away at her retreat. It's, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the middle, it's almost lunchtime for busy. It's the, yeah, but it's like a weird day here. So it's like kind of overcasty and I feel stressed. I have like so much shit to do before I leave for this retreat and there's also been like a bunch of other stuff happening and it's just really hard (sighs) just really hard right now yeah but you're gonna go to this retreat and nothing will ever be hard again you're gonna be like it's gonna be the best thing ever well okay I feel like it I I feel like it is. I have faith. Until I hear otherwise, I'm going to assume that it's going to be the best and that you're going to have a great time and it's going to be good for you. Until you call me and say I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Such show's still on. 
<laughs> I think it's on in England. People, I've never in, seen it. I've never seen it. Folks in England, please let us know if I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. It's if a whole. Remember, it's a whole. It's a new year, by the way. Yeah, it's the Jewish New Year. It's happened. I'm not Jewish, so I probably shouldn't refer to it so familiarly. I I too am not Jewish by birth, but have spent an extensive amount of time <laughs> both in temples and just like keeping kosher. Yeah. Having the Jewish book of why on my bookshelf. Like until I moved to Los Angeles, I never had heard of like uh that like every Jew in LA has a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. that's not a thing that we're like, we're in Paradise Valley, Arizona and like Scottsdale, Arizona, like all of my friends, literally every single one of my friends was Jewish yeah. and never in a million years would their parents have had a Christmas tree. In fact, my friend Lisa had loved Christmas ornaments and she had like a little box at my house of Christmas ornaments every year that she would like come help put up because they were her, oh. they were like her ornaments that she loved. It was you like know a what I mean? secret. Oh my it God. It wasn't a secret. I think her mom knew, but, uh, but like, but still I just like it, but in LA, everybody does things differently. When I worked at Watch What Happens Live and we would do this segment, the mazel of the day, mm-hmm. when we first started doing it, I know a lot of Jewish people from across the country were like, it's Mazel Tov and you're just shortening it to Mazel and that's so weird. But then I feel like it's been widely adopted. It was just a thing that Andy had like a habit of saying Mazel instead of Mazel Tov. And then um, and then it's been adopted and I see people saying just Mazel or Mazels for short, even though it's not the proper phrase. So maybe it's just in New York, like people abbreviate things because they're in such a rush. Well, I think abreaves are very popular, which brings me to this. Almost positive I invented abreaves. But, (laughs) and if I didn't invent them, I certainly was like the first person that that anyone around me had ever heard abbreviating things. My friend Allison and I in sixth or seventh grade came up with a whole language called abreaves. And we abbreviated everything. And we just, it was like a very specific way of speaking and ahead of the curve. I don't know. I don't know how it could have made its way to Australia. I feel like Australians have been abbreviating things for many years. Yeah. Australians are known for abbreviating. Yeah. For briefs. I don't, I don't think it has to do with like being, being rushed. I think it's just, maybe it's being lazy or maybe Maybe it's being cutesy. It's probably some type of like natural evolution of language is what we're, and it's probably something that all of our brains are meant to do kind of on, on the same sort of timeline. You know, it's probably English is a living language as they say. Did you hear about this thing? Uh, About Trish Paytas's new skincare line? No, she has a new skincare line. (laughs) That's the last thing I watched. No, it was a YouTube that, review of it. That in New York City, there are these lantern flies. Yes, they're very you're beautiful. To kill them. Yeah, you're supposed to kill them because they're incredibly invasive. They they um are damaging and destroying a number of valuable vegetations, including maple trees, which I love being from the Northeast. And um, you're supposed to kill them because killing one 
uh, prevents it from laying like a hundred eggs. Ew. And it's, yeah, they're really invasive. I saw that this kid found one, I want to say in Pennsylvania and entered it in his 4-H like insect uh, project. And it triggered like this big investigation where people were like, where did you find this? And he was like, I found it at my house. (gasps) Um, But yeah, it's a shame because they're really beautiful. Like bugs ordinarily aren't cute. And uh and these are really cute. I don't think and these stylish. are stylish. I'm, I'm They're over. They're very I'm, stylish for fuck a bug. These guys, fuck them. <laughs> oh I'm like over all bugs right now. I hate them. I get oh it. I get it. Oh, the spotted lanternfly infestation cost Pennsylvania fifty million dollars a year. Oh my Whoa. gosh. We must wow. come together and kill the dreaded spotted lantern flies. I have no problem killing a fucking an, uh, an animal. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. Dizzy Phillips is an animal serial killer. No, I don't. I really don't. I don't have a problem killing a bug because, although sometimes I do. Sometimes I get like, I don't know. These are big. I don't like killing big bugs. Yeah, my friend Meredith said she killed seven in 10 minutes in New York City the other day. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, you're supposed to report it, too. Yeah, you're supposed to report it. And they have really interesting because they hop and they fly. Ew, ew, that's disgusting. I did see one. I now know I've seen one. And now I know. And now I will kill it next time. You're like Raymond. Did you see? Have you seen Terminator? Have you seen these? You have to kill these bugs. Speaking of bugs, I got that fly trap thing. Yeah. For the yard with this stuff that smells like shit. Smells like shit vomit. Yeah. Shit vomit. <laughs> I almost was like, am I allowed to swear on this? I swear to God. I always- <laughs> um, and it's so fucking vile inside of it. Have you looked inside of it? Girl, yeah, you have to drain it out to what? get the dead what? flies out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There's like maggots and shit. It's, well, because you waited too long to drain it. What? Because you have to, like, you have to get the dead flies out. You have to close it, let the flies die, and then, like, strain it to get the dead flies out to put the juice back in. What are you fucking talking about? That is never happening. Can I just throw (laughs) the whole thing out? What do we do? You can throw it out, but, I mean, it's supposed to be reusable. Here's what I will say. If you have maggots in it, it that is disgusting. And I'm sorry for that. And I have seen that happen before. Um, I, but do, it, I, you guys, I wish you could see my face. I am so horrified in this. Yeah, I am very horrified. Wait, I'm about to horrify you more. Um, it's if they can't get in it, out, right? They're in. They're already trapped inside, so they right. won't get out. Can't probably. Get out. You can probably just close it and let everything pass away, and then. I mean, I guess you could throw it away. They're meant to be reusable. So I don't know what you want to do. But do you want to hear something horrible? I don't yesterday, know. I don't yes- know. <laughs> yesterday we were out somewhere and we saw this beautiful fig tree and the it was like hanging over public property. And it was like the whole family was out and we were like, oh, those figs are so cute. And I was like, I want to pick a fig off that tree, but I wasn't tall enough. So Eli... My no, son is like six foot it. two. Already He's six foot two. Happen. I don't know, but I hate it for him. He picked the two figs that he could reach, the two ripe figs. And so <laughs> he picked them and brought them down. And I was like, be careful. Cause I read this thing that like wasps like to go inside figs or whatever. And he was like, okay. And then 
we were like, should we bite them? Should we taste Ew, them? Because they look no. ripe. I know, I know. And we were like, no, let's not do that. Let's not, like, we're not doing that right now. Thank God. Because we left them in the car all day. And then when we got home at like midnight 30 from Nelson's last night, we put the figs just with our fruit or whatever. And then um, everybody was like, do you want to bite it? Do you want to bite it? And nobody in the family wanted any, to bite anyone, it. Why didn't anyone just suggest cutting it open? Casey? That's what we did. Then we were like, let's just cut it open to see what it looks like inside to see if it's really ripe. And it wait, was wait, like- listen. Fruit that I buy from the grocery store, <laughs> I don't bite into directly. I always cut it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, that what we did you all find? Learned, what did you find? I don't know specifically. No, I'm out. What it was, it. but it. it was alive in there. <laughs> it was like, and it wasn't just one thing. It was like it's the making whole... me feel que- queasy. I drank a little too much wine last night. I don't. <laughs> I swear to God, I can't listen to this. I, 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 I actually do feel queasy. Oh, wait. I want to talk to you about something, but I also what? want it to be kind of a surprise for a friend of mine who I know is a big podcast listener. So maybe I don't know what to do. Mm. This is a real conundrum because I want that, it to be a surprise. However, yeah. I want to talk about it, but I guess well, I have to wait. I have to wait. I mean, it's only a couple I, weeks it's and then I'll tell the weeks. story, right? Uh, yeah, I but now real, I want to know what know. it is. Well, I'll call you later and tell you. <laughs> okay. Also, like, I feel like you actually do know about this because it harkens back to uh, the year 2019. This is something okay. that was first discussed in 2019. Whilst we were doing the short-lived but iconic, I'll say it about my own fucking show. <laughs> oh, God. I just spilled celery juice all over myself. Uh, busy tonight show. Anyway, I guess Wait, the, uh, are the Emmys this weekend? Yeah. Are we nominated? Did we get nominated for our show? <laughs> we were nominated. Weirdly, we were nominated in the best drama category. Wow. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very strange. Um, but anyway, I definitely think that we have a shot, uh, Against Mayor of Easttown. I don't know. Yeah. Can I tell you something um, crazy? I, I feel yeah. like it's really weird. Like, Girls 5 Eva is nominated for writing. Meredith Scardino is yes. nominated for writing, which is fucking exciting. And I hope she wins. I didn't look who she's nominated against. Um, I'm sure Ted Lasso times five, right? Is is it Meredith against four other episodes of Ted Lasso? Correct. That's probably correct. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, full disclosure. I've only watched one episode of Ted Lasso. I really love it. People love it. And I I want to. I would love to love it. Yeah. Casey, I don't know how we're going to get me back on TV. I don't know how to do it. At this point, it feels insurmountable. I didn't finish Hacks. And I watched one episode of Ted Lasso. Um, I would love to watch The Crown. I can't even conceive how I'm going to catch up on the crown at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, what other, I want to watch all the shows that people love. Mayor of Easttown. I never watched Mayor of Easttown. And in fact, when people first started talking about it, I thought it was mayor. Like she's the mayor of Easttown. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I I mean, I want to watch things and yet I don't. 
I think we talked about it before. Like we're all going through that thing where it's almost like having a sensitive stomach. And I think that what we saw over the course of the pandemic is that a lot of what I was hearing from a lot of people, but especially younger people in general, is that they were watching reruns of old shows that they'd already watched many times. It's comforting. It's comforting. It's because you know what's going to happen. It's soothing to your anxiety. And so for whatever reason, it just seems like, you know, your attention is at a place where you don't have a taste for new comedies or dramas. And that's okay. You have all kinds of stuff to look forward to. It's totally fine to watch something after the fact. Well, I guess I just like, I do culturally then end up feeling sort of like left out, you know, of discussions, which is always Yeah, but like, like left out of what? People talking about some fake shit that they watched? Like yeah, I guess that's It true. didn't really There's happen. There's so much real stuff to talk about all the fucking time. Olive and Jude! Casey, I was painting my nails during this podcast. I know, you did it really quietly. It sometimes helps me concentrate to paint my nails. Yeah, and I can see that. The thing that I love is that Olive and June makes it really easy with the Manny system because it's salon perfect nails at home. The polish lasts seven days, doesn't chip. How long am I going on this retreat? Seven days. I We're say seven see. days. Seven days minimum. By the way. Yeah, I'm I know you. Really... Well, you have. I don't know what you do with your life. Uh, you have delicate hands or something. No, I'm super rough on a Manny, but it just. It just stays on my nails well, you so have, well. You're really, yeah. yeah, you got you got it down. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. And it always does last at least seven days for me too. Um, and with the Manny system, each at-home Manny comes out to just like about two bucks, guys. Two love bucks. Love it. Love it. And you don't have to tip yourself. Anyway, think about your biggest nail issue. What is it? You can't do it yourself. That you can paint one hand. The other hand looks terrible. Listen. With the Olive and June Manny system, DIY Manny's look perfect. Look at how good my nails look. Look at how good. So good. You did. Guys, I know this is a podcast, but I really did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) But the system comes with everything you need in one box, including these very amazing colors that they come up with. And they tell you how to do it. Plus, it comes with Poppy, which is their cool patented brush handle that makes it very easy to paint with your non-dominant hand. Right. Because it sort of like steadies the brush. It's incredible. Anyway. And the brush is designed to be flat and the formula is like self-leveling so you don't have to worry about streaks. That's why it looks so perfect. And that's why it lasts so long because the formula for the actual polish is legit. It is the secret behind Salon Perfect Nails at Home. The Olive and June Manny System needs to be yours. So you can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code BEST. Get your new nail life 20% off your first Manny system when you use the promo code BEST at oliveandjune.com. Go to oliveandjune.com and use the promo code BEST and get 20% off your first Manny system. Go do it. Go do your nails. And send us pictures of your nails. Send us Tag us in your posts about your manis. We want to see. Athletic greens. Uh, athletic greens. Guess what I'm taking on my retreat? Just in oh, case. Just in yeah. case. I know. I know you were worried about like hydration. I'm worried about food and, and hydration. Yeah. And what do I, I don't know? What if I don't? 
What if they don't have <laughs> enough vegetables for me? This yeah. way, when I take my AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category leading superfood product, I know that I'm going to get all the things that I need to get. Yes. I know it's going to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet and support my energy and focus and aid with gut health and digestion and support my healthy immune system. And it effectively replaces multiple products. It's just one healthy, delicious drink and I could just bring it with me and it's easy and I love it. It's one thing with all the best things. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving AG1. Here's the best part. As research changes, so does this product, guys. So does AG1. Most nutritional products come to market. They're like, that's it. That's our product. We're not changing. Not this one. Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest research. They've improved their product 53 times over the last decade alone and counting. So we love it. We take it. Casey's kids take it. I have given it to my children in their smoothies. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of added sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it's it tastes really good. It actually tastes good. Here's the deal, guys. We want you to join the movement of athletes... Life leads. I think I'm a, like a life lead. I think you're a life lead as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Moms, dads, kids, rookies, first timers, everyone, everyone in taking between. ownership. Everyone, everyone that's me. who's taking ownership of their daily health and focusing on the nutritional products they really need in the simplest way possible. That is essentialist nutrition. To make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com busy today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com busy to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Right. Okay, so the Emmys are this weekend. Right, which they will have already happened by the time. So so somebody so won. By now, our friend Ashley Nicole Black could could have won an Emmy against herself because she's nominated for two different shows in one category for That's writing. fucking nuts. And also she is going to win. She's I going to win. So. I hope so. I'm predicting it. Ooh, should we do that? Should we pull up the nominees and predict? <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. Okay. And then people can uh, compare. They won't even, people don't even fucking care. People won't even care. Can I tell you something? I can't even predict when the Emmys are being given out because there's so many ceremonies now. Like so many, like there used to just be the Emmys and then the craft Emmys, which were like the people that work in television that aren't cool enough to be put on television in someone's opinion. Okay, Outstanding Comedy Series 2020. Oh, wait, that was 20, 2020. 2021. I'm looking for 2021. Shit. Yeah. Home. Emmys. <laughs> Calm down. The, the Emmys website is a little... It's impossible. It's a little impossible to navigate. Dude, like, they need to like get it together, Emmys. Nobody's trying to look up the past no, years right come now. come on, dudes. 
please. What is happening here? All I want is like, just show me the nominees. Emmys 2021. Okay, let's do it. Okay. 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 Outstanding comedy series is uh, Blackish Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai? That's a comedy? I don't even know what the fuck that is. That seems like it's based on a video game. Yeah? It's based on the Karate Kid. Oh, okay. Right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Blackish Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, Hacks, Pen 15, Ted Lasso, The Flight Attendant, The Kaminsky Method, Wild. Obviously, Lasso or Hacks could be an upset. This isn't exactly predicting if I yeah. say, okay, if so it, I think Ted Lasso. I think Ted Lasso as well. I think in lead actor, also going to go Sudeix. Yeah. For Ted he's, Lasso. He's very good. In for Ted actress, Gene Smart for Hacks. For supporting actor in a comedy series. Now, you know, this is what I have the biggest issue with because SNL uh, cast members are always included in supporting actor in comedy and actress in comedy nominations, which I think is bullshit as a supporting actress in comedy because what they do is so wholly different than like what, let's just say I did on Cougar Town or what I'm currently doing on Girls 5 Eva. So I don't love it. I don't love it. There's enough comedy variety that there can be a breakout category for comedy variety. But here's the deal. Here's who I think is going to win on this. This is, this is a, this is a, I'm pretty sure I feel my gut is that Bowen Yang is going to win for SNL. Oh, that would be so great. That is what my gut is saying. However, any the of the other, other four people from Ted Lasso could win. But this is why I think Bowen's going to win. who are the win. nominees? Well, it's uh, Carl Clemens Hopkins from Hacks. Okay. Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live. Bowen Yang, Saturday Night Live. Brett Goldstein, Brennan Hunt, Nick Muhammad, and Jeremy Swift from Ted Lasso. And this is why I think Bowen's taking it. Because of those four dudes, having watched but one episode of Ted Lasso, I know who Brennan Hunt is because I've actually known that guy for like 20 years. But Yeah, he's great. But my feeling is that like the Ted Lasso, the four di- actors being nominated in the same category is going to split it all up. Oh, and right, right, right. then Bowen just comes in with the kill because he really did have a standout year this year. He and I did, love him. He did. And then Paul um, Reiser is also nominated. Paul, oh, for a Kaminsky method. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Goldstein is so handsome. Interesting. Think, okay. Supporting actress in a comedy series. I mean, this is a fucking hard one because first of all, we have three ladies from SNL, Cecily, A.D., Kate McKinnon. Then you got two ladies from Ted Lasso, Juno Temple and Hannah Waddingham, who is, I know, fantastic. She's great. Great singer, Hannah. And then Hannah... N binder from Hacks, who's the like girl in Hacks. Yes. Lorraine Newman's daughter, correct? Lorraine Newman's fucking daughter. And then Rosie Perez for Flight Attendant. So this is a very tough one. That is a tough I, one. My gut is is one of is Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso. That's my gut. Okay. All right. I feel like 
is it possible Cecily or Kate could win because everyone is speculating that their last episodes of SNL were their last episodes ever because they kind of said goodbye. Who did? Who said Cecily said goodbye? I believe so. Cecily and Kate McKinnon, everyone was like, is this their, is this season finale of SNL their last show? Really? Yeah, that was the buzz at the time. So, but they didn't explicitly say goodbye forever. They just were like goodbye for tonight and this season. But for whatever reason, people felt that the season finale of SNL had a note of finality for a number of cast members. Interesting. But also that could just be like that, like they're probably renegotiating their contracts and whether or not they come back probably depends on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what other offers come in. So you just I never I actually know. Don't, I actually don't know how that works. Okay. Outstanding drama series. Bridgerton. Lovecraft Country. Pose. The Boys. Crown. Handmaid's Tale. Mandalorian. This Is Us. I mean, I don't fucking know. The Crown? Probably. I'm gonna say maybe Lovecraft Country because... It was based on, you know, something literary. It had a ton of prestige and uh, and it was canceled. So I feel like maybe people will like come out for it and vote for it. I don't think so, but bless. Yeah. I like your I like your gut. <laughs> and I don't it was also it. Um, one of the last uh one of the last things that Michael I know. Williams, I know was Michael in. K. Williams. Yeah. I mean, not that not not that people had already voted at at that point when Michael K. Williams passed, but he was great in it. He's great in everything. I don't want to continue doing this. We that it already came out. I bet you. Do you think Michael K. Williams will win? He's nominated for supporting in a drama. I don't know. I mean, I always hope that. Well, Courtney B. Vance was already awarded for Lovecraft Country. Maybe you're right. Maybe we'll see. Courtney B. Vance was really good in it too. I re- I I love that show. I love the the whole cast. It was it was. I didn't watch it. Obvi. It was yeah. I don't think it's for you to be honest. Like I think it's a little weird and scary for you. But Is it has it? like a it has like a horror element that I don't think you would love. And you know I don't love blood. horror. Yeah yeah. So all it's right. Like it's science fiction meets horror. I don't think it's for you, busy. I don't think it's for me either. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. I yeah. What do you like sci-fi? I don't know. But I mean, I just like, <laughs> I, just, I just have. You like that it exists? I don't know. I've, I've like liked sci-fi before, I think. Okay. I think I have. I'm All not right. sure. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard yeah. to know anything at this point about anything. It's- it's so weird. I always have such like mixed Ugh. emotions because I've been like, I've been nominated and shows that I've worked on have won big awards. And I always just feel like it's so weird because I feel like there's something that like drives anyone who wants to get into like an ultra competitive field, like entertainment or uh, politics or whatever. And that so much emphasis is placed on winning and losing. And I always feel so badly for like, these are things that like, I was just thinking about it with the Met Gala last week. These are things that like people are invited for like 10 years in a row. And then suddenly they're not on the list anymore because you know, some, some new, person who's just entering the field is like 
a big deal and is going to be there and is like taking a seat, which is like, that's right. And that's how it should be. That's what people are interested in. But I know what it feels like to be there. I know what it feels like to not be there. And I know what it feels like to be nominated and win. And I know what it feels like to be nominated and lose. And I just feel like I've been on every side of this big, heavy ball. And it just makes me feel for people like, because people can say like, oh, it's just an honor to be nominated, blah, blah, blah. And it is, but also like you're hoping that you win. And I think it's so, it's so weird that we set ourselves up to be like publicly defeated. (laughs) It's just weird. But then on the other hand, like, I'm like, well, don't feel too bad because everybody sitting there not getting this award right now is also like living their dream and is very fortunate. And, you know, so it's, it's very weird to me. It's very weird to me to judge things that don't have a score, you know? Well, yes. And we have an interview with Ben De La Creme coming up on this show. It's- not today. <laughs> but we've, say, it's like- not today, but we've but we've recorded it. I'm just gonna yes, say it yes, now. Yes. But this is like we talk exactly about this because guys, if you don't know, Ben De La Creme like pieced out of drag race basically for this reason. Like Yeah. Because, like, how can you choose who's the best at when everything's the best? Like, everything's that it, the best. And we're going to... That gonna, it exists yes. is the best. Yes. And I think it's super interesting. And I'm, like, kind of into the idea. And also, I'd like to be nominated for something someday. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would like to. I know this about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would be nice to, it's weird, right? Because you, you're you acknowledged in what you do and we all should be acknowledged for what we do. So mm-hmm. like everyone who has a job, you get your paycheck, hopefully when you put in your time card and you get your paycheck and that's your acknowledgement for the job that you do. And everyone who is a homemaker or maybe stays home taking care of kids, hopefully the person that is your partner is like thanks you for what you do and hopefully it has like an impact on like raising your kids or whatever like but I feel like we've scenario. talked about this before because I think that there's a generational gap and that younger generations don't believe that the paycheck is actually is, right the validation which is like right. wild to me because I'm like you have the thing that's the thing the whole thing is the thing no I know but here you are saying that you'd like to be nominated for an award yeah but I'd also I mean Okay. Yeah, I guess. But also like, I, uh, I guess. It's really like, it's, it's interesting because I know that I go out of my way to thank people that I'm working with because I really like, this sounds, I sound like such a sap, but it's really true. Like whenever, like when are kind of, right. I am kind, I am 100% a sap, but like when this podcast gets edited and we're going over notes to edit the podcast, I always try to remember. And if I ever forget, I hope that someone pinches me, but I'm always trying to say like, you did an amazing job this week and thank you for doing that. Because the truth is I couldn't fucking edit this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to do it. I need the person who does it for us and we're so lucky. And so even though, Josh, (laughs) even though we pay for it, you know, which is like, 
obviously like that's what you do money in exchange for services. I also, you know, (laughs) want people to know that we work with like, yes, I'm very thankful because you made my life so much easier. And, you know, and sometimes we turn over a real pile of audio junk <laughs> audio garbage audio garbage and josh is like you know what i can do this don't worry about it i got it i got it bless and him. uh yeah bless him he's always got it so you know same with amanda who helps us out and enables us to do this podcast so i'm saying like i just try to remember how i like to be treated and recognition is nice it is nice to have someone that you're working for say like oh you really killed it on that one you know i try to remember that yeah Yeah, but it's hard too because it's like a day-to-day thing. And sometimes you feel like, you know, I'm working hard to pay you and I'm paying you. It's like the Don Draper, the Don Draper and um, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss argument argument when he's like, that's what the money's for. That's what the money's for. Also, (laughs) you don't need to yell. Like, whatever. (laughs) He did. He he really did yell. But we... You know what though? I did. I when the kids had uh, their beloved nanny Ileana. Yeah, I w- I did make sure that like every single day, I would as she was leaving, I would like say thank you for all of your help. You know, like yes, of course, like you know, yeah, of course, couldn't, yeah. couldn't do it without you. Thank you for all of your help. Anyway, yeah. So that's all. That's all anyone's trying to do at the Emmys is to. Have um, the world say thank you for your help. We couldn't have done it without you. Watched these TV shows? We couldn't have watched these TV shows without you, the most important part of these TV shows. <laughs> I mean, in addition to the millions of dollars. Here's what I'm going to try to, here's make. what I'm like going to try to articulate as somebody who works in the entertainment industry who also just said I would like an award. I think like, aren't awards kind of like fucking over? Do you know what I mean? Like, couldn't we all just, like, as an industry, agree? Does it matter anymore? For a while, I know there was, like, there was definitely a thing. Like, if you won an Oscar, your movie was, like, like guaranteed to make X amount more money in the after, like, life or whatever. Yeah, I don't know that that's the case I don't know if that's the case now. And if it isn't the case now if people aren't paying attention and nobody really cares because like I don't care and it is like my people industry. don't even watch the award shows anymore so it's not even like a great commercial for your that's thing that's what I'm saying like should they just stop it seems like such a waste like yeah because like the the bachelor isn't gonna ever win like any of the high profile awards where like famous people give speeches, you know, but, and yet it's like the biggest juggernaut on television year after year after year. And so, yeah, like the bachelor should have its own award shows where they give awards to the bachelors. Yeah. So I guess like, but like, but uh, I just mean award shows period. Like there was definitely a time where everything had an award attached to it. Right. Like, There were like so many different award shows. Yes. And I just am wondering if we're on the other side of that. And maybe we can just say like, it's not necessary. 
Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's nice to recognize people. I love when I hear like a friend of mine won a a nursing award or whatever, but they don't have like a big televised thing about it, I guess, because television stars are on television. People feel like they'd want to watch a televised thing of them winning awards. Well, I mean, I just think it's it's like, yeah, it's become like a whole other thing, right? Like it's been, it's like about the fashion and the, I don't know. Right. Right. To me, I have to be honest. Like it is such um, a dry desert of boringness for me. When anyone has like a speech that is vaguely rousing or controversial, it's like dominates the whole news cycle. And I'm like, oh, but like 99 other people just gave the dullest repetitive speeches. Most boring shit. Like, I have to be honest, like, I love that you love your kids, but I can't hear one more person be like, you can go to bed now, mommy, I'll be home. You know, like, don't care. Don't, also, not what e- is that? Like, my children wouldn't even be watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no fucking way. It was cute the first thousand times. No, I just mean, like, most of the speeches are, like, thanking a list of managers, agents, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That is... And I get it. Like, you want to thank those people. You want to recognize them for the hard work that they did. But definitely send them, like, uh, an expensive handbag or something. Because I work in the industry, and I know many of the managers, agents, and whatever. And there's zero thrill for me hearing their names. I can't imagine how boring it is for someone in, you know, in Idaho to hear a list of names of people that, like, no idea who they are. It's a good point. It's a great point. It's just I do like, I do enjoy when the speeches are not about agents, managers, and whatever. Yeah, like when you, you know, go outside the box. Susan Maybe that Sarandon be the used role. to be the Susan Sarandon used to be the queen of that. Remember how she would always get like roasted the day after anything because she would try to like say something political? No, I think now everybody says everything political, right? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but you know, like I really like it when someone flies very close to the sun with their, with their <laughs> Emmy Awards speech. What does that mean? Like, what do you I mean? Like, when, like, you know, it's one thing to say like, you know, we all need to come together and that's even like vaguely, would be seen as vaguely political. But I like when someone really says something. Like I liked... The year when, was it Frances McDormand talked about parody and like, was it Frances McDormand? She I talked about. Was, yeah, maybe. But I also thought it was like, I thought maybe Patricia Arquette did or something. Did I it's make that possible. Up? It's possible. But there was one year when everybody was like, we need to bring equality to our sets. And, you know, and so I'm taking mm-hmm. this pledge of right, how right, many, right. I remember however that. many yeah. percentage mm-hmm. of the crew, you mm-hmm. know, needs to be diverse or whatever. Mm -hmm. What I want is like, I really want someone to then check the stats of the people that pledged that that night and see if they're like making it, you know? Why don't you do that? I don't know. Because I I have other shit to do. I mean, I guess that's the point, right? That's how it all happens. That nobody ever checks. But people do do it. I mean, once in a while, you'll see somebody online is like, if corporations made some pledge or whatever, they're like, oh, I checked it. And they're not meeting the goal of the pledge that they said. So I I would, you know, I would like to see if that year that everybody made that pledge, how well it's going. Yeah. Like, get a check on that. I think that's a great idea. So it's not for me, but someone out there can do it. Someone at Variety? Maybe. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Um, so 
anyway, I guess I'm on this retreat right now. Yeah. You could be like crying right now. Probably. Probably. I mean, yeah, I bet. (laughs) Seems like that makes the most sense. What are you most nervous about going? I don't know what to wear. What to wear? Kind of, yeah. You know me. It's very stressful. Like, what am I wearing? I don't know. I want to be comfortable. I'm nervous about water. You're nervous about water. The drinking water? Well, I don't know what the water situation is going to be, Casey. And I like to drink a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) And what if it's like, and what if they're like, tap water is fine. It's not fine for me. And I need a Brita. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I like filtered water and then I like to add my electrolytes. I'll br- I'm bringing my reusable water thing, but then I'm like, do I need a case of water? What's happening? Interesting. You're, so you're allowed to bring your electrolytes? Yeah. I can bring oh, okay. I don't know if they're like at, like controlling Stop. the food. No, no, that no, no, you no, eat. no. You can No, no. Easy. <laughs> no, you can have like supplements and like whatever you can have that obviously i relate any and type medicine. of retreat to fat camp so it's not no that's not the that's not the vibe <laughs> i did once go to that thing that was like i think i've talked about it with christine with chrissy b chrissy yeah the ranch malibu yeah. where yeah. like it is like a health retreat yeah i mean you hike like 18 miles and they give you four almonds. And you're yeah, like, thank you for these almonds. That and, <laughs> and, and like literally day two, Christine started hiding like apples from breakfast in her backpack. Oh my God. And like would pull them out on the hike. I was like, shh, don't tell anyone. I got, oh my I got a contraband apple. I'm smuggling apples. Yeah, we were like, that's that's where we were. That was where we were at. Smuggling apples. Yeah. So this isn't like that. You can just have, like, could you eat candy? Could you bring a bunch of candy? Would they let you? Well, what they ask you is like anything that's like a thing that you use to cope with being uncomfortable or your emotions or whatever. Yeah. That you try to resist that urge. Okay. So candy is so, a no for you. I would say no. Yeah. I would say that candy wine, not candy wine. Although, is that a thing? Because that oh, sounds that amazing. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> I might get into wine more heavily if it was candy based. It's so funny. I was never into wine until moving to New York. And oh, then I, interesting. And then I started drinking it. No, but you liked like a rosé or like an orange wine in LA. Oh, I don't like orange wine at all. Oh, you don't? No, no, no. That's just uh that's just Mark. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know. <laughs> gotcha. Um No, I in- like rosé. You're right. You're right. I have yeah, always liked rosé. I never but really I, drank I never yeah. really drank wine and then Andy Richter and his ex-wife Sarah Thayer, I went to dinner with them and they got a really nice rosé and it was like really my first time trying it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. I will say that I like any sparkling wine, which is basically just because I love soda. And so it's like almost a way to have soda and get a little tipsy and feel grown up. I mean, I like, I like sparkling beverages myself. I also just like sparkling water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it doesn't What's have to be a soda. About? I don't know. Why do we like sparkling things? Why do we think like things giving our tongues a little, <laughs> a little treat, a little sparkle? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, there's nothing else going on. I, it's hard. I just talked to you, but I feel like, I, you know. There's a lot going on, but then I don't, you know, I can't. There's a lot going on and we banked a lot of material this week. And so this is like your last moments before you're getting ready to. I haven't packed. Embark on your trip. And then, and then we won't talk for like a little while, you know, like we will, like you'll be away. You and and me? Yeah, because you'll, so whatever you got to say, we better say it now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It'll be a week. I don't, I think, yeah, I think we'll be all right. (laughs) I I, I feel like we'll be okay. Um, What if this was all a lie and I was just like going to St. Bart's for a week? Um, I feel like A, someone would take your picture there and it would end up on Dumois or People Mag. No. Or... Yeah, I don't think I don't think you'd be able to cover that one, but it would be funny. Um I'm painting my nails right now. I can see that with O and J. I love it. Their fall palette. It's very good. I know I love it. It's very I love anything that I'm a basic bitch. I love anything that uh heralds the fall season. Um I gave you the number if there's an emergency. So you can get in touch with me, but I don't like, what's an emergency? Do you know what I mean? I know. I was, it's so hard. I was wondering what could possibly be an emergency that I would need to contact you for a podcast emergency. Um, but it's good to know. It's good to know. I wish there was a way that you could let me know if you wanted me to call with a fake emergency. Uh, do you get to talk to me though? Or do they just Sent like give a message message or I don't don't know know what's happening. Well, we'll find out. You know, on that ranch retreat, did I tell you that like on day, like the first day is like the easiest day. And then like you don't, you hike like three miles and then you eat like a nice vegan dinner. And then the next morning we woke up and there was this one woman that was like, yeah, this is not at all what I want to do for the next several days. And yeah, just left. Like she just out. pieced out. Yeah. yeah. Like this is that's, not happening. That's real luxury to be able to drop a bunch of cash on a, on a retreat and decide it's not for you. I mean, I feel like it's self-care, man. Dipsy. Oh, Dipsy. Dipsy. You know, you remember those bath commercials? I feel like this should be like Dipsy, take me away. Oh, yeah. 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 It's nice. It's nice to just get out of your own drama, your own head. Yes. Listen to some other worlds where good things are happening. (laughs) Pleasure is a priority. I just uh, think that that's a great thing for all of us. Anyway, guys, Dipsy is an audio app. It's full of short, like, sexy stories designed to turn you on. There's lots of different ones you can choose from. You should check it out. Also, 
They have new content every week. And they also have like wellness sessions and sensual bedtime stories and soundscapes that'll help you relax before you drift off to sleep. It really makes a huge difference. I'm I'm a big fan of of a little before bedtime dipsy. Ugh. Well. I like anything that just takes me out of my own life right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm very into a dipsy. Take a little uh, dipsy trip. Anyway, guys, you should try it out yourself and for our very special listeners, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash best. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash best. It's D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash best. Dipsystories.com slash best. Foria, Foria, Foria. <laughs> Guys, sex is good. Don't you want to make it great? I do. Here's what I'm saying. We all want great sex. Who doesn't want great sex? Yeah. I mean, like, that's the point of it. It's the fucking point of it. Also, once you have great sex, you're like, oh, no. This? Oh, what have I been? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ugh. <laughs> Well, now I feel dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Well, listen, if you haven't had that moment yet, I have good news for you because now you know about Foria. So Foria wants to transform your sex and your sex lives <laughs> with these products that they made that were designed to naturally enhance sexual pleasure so that you can have bigger and better orgasms solo or with a partner. So I love that. Foria uses all natural plant-based ingredients to help women, people with vulvas fully experience their sexual pleasure, heightened orgasms, more sexual comfort. They have awaken arousal oil. It's like a little warm-up mm-hmm. that gets you going. It uses like CBD and warming sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and help with any discomfort. Best of all, it just turns you on. That's it. They also have this sex oil. It's like a lube. (laughs) This is a real testimonial, you guys. I just have to read it because I'm obsessed with it. My wife and I use the sex oil in Awaken, (laughs) and when she gets on top, we both come so hard that we see sounds and hear colors. Who doesn't want that? I love this guy. I I love love, him too. I love him. Yeah. So awaken arousal oil and sex oil are like the perfect combo. The the one-two punch of pleasure. Guys, we don't need to convince you anymore. After that testimonial, just get on it. (laughs) There, Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or just use code best at checkout. That's Foria, F-O-R-I-A, wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. Get that sex oil. Get that awaken. Tell us if you see sounds and hear colors. I cannot wait. I You, you are going to thank me later. I promise you. Wait. Oh, I went to the knee doctor. 
Oh, how'd that go? It's so weird. So I have to get an MRI and I was going to do it last night and then I just sort of panicked. It was too much going on and I couldn't do it. Like to go to do the MRI, I don't know. I'm really packing it in right before I go off the grid for a week. Also, I need to figure out how to do that thing on your email where it like sends the automatic message that's like, I'm out of town. You can't reach me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty easy. You think? Do they have one of those for your phone for the texting? They should. Um, I don't think they do. Oh. You probably can set that up. It's I don't almost know. as I, if it's some... something that like an assistant should know how to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I listen, that's hard. That's a little bit hard though, because if he needs you to answer questions or whatever, then he's going to have to tell everyone to hold their horses. And, you know, it's a little, it's, listen, I've been where Ray is and it's not always super fun. To be an assistant? Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that it would be also like, <laughs> you know. It's just like people people can be rough on you. I'm not. No, I'm saying other Others. people that he has to deal with is, you know. Cause that's the worst when someone's so nice to your boss and then they like the second that you leave, they're like treat you like they just scraped you off the bottom of their shoe. That, that sucks. happens to assistants a lot. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. But then also sometimes people really kiss your ass because you're someone's assistant and they want you to say nice things about them to your boss. And uh, yeah. Um, oh, here's a here's an item, an anonymous item. I'll tell you about when I was an assistant. I won't say who it was. But one time I went to an event with my boss, David Letterman, um, which he did not love to go to events. Uh, And so because I was a young person, I wanted to have fun. So I immediately split off from him and (laughs) (laughs) was like messing around at this event. And I met someone at the bar who is very famous in entertainment in the comedy space, a man. And he was like, oh, I'm anonymous. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to have a big, have his fans like coming after me. Um, and he was like, Oh, I'm so-and-so what's your name. And I was like, Oh, I'm Casey. And then he saw my boss, David Letterman. And he was like, Oh, look, there's Dave Letterman. Everyone's like fawning over him. Uh, he's like, uh, why do people love him so much? Blah, like just really like bitter, vitriolic, you know, and to the point where I was like, wow, dude, like he's living in your in your head rent free. Uh, and you're also famous. So like, what is the big deal? And then this guy was like, for, it, it felt like it went on for five minutes. Oh, Dave Letterman. Blah, blah, blah. Look at everyone talking to him. Look at everyone shaking his hand. He doesn't even want to be here. He hates this. And then finally, finally, he said, okay, sorry, enough about me. What do you do? And I was like, I'm Dave Letterman's assistant. And he was like, ha, 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 good one. And I was like, no, here's my business card. Holy shit. And he was like, oh, my God, please, please don't tell him that I said this. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Wait, and Casey, I was like, oh, bleep I'm it out, but who him. is it? Bleep it out. Oh, well, why do you have to bleep <laughs> that out? That guy's an asshole. Well, I just don't want his fans being like, you're mean to like he remains popular. He does? Yes. Oh. Yes. Not to me. No, not to you. <laughs> I'm sure people will guess it. And if anyone guesses it, 
maybe I'll tell you privately if that if you got it right. But I just don't want to be targeted. I targeted by his fans. Oh my gosh. I saw my uh Yvette Nicole Brown, my friend, like Oh, got, I love her. Yeah, she's the greatest. But she was like getting targeted by Nicki Minaj's fans. Oh no. Yeah. And she was just like, my my sweet, sweet friends. Like I could give two fucks. Right. Like, please continue to target yeah. me. <laughs> What's the point? Just to annoy? I don't... Just to, like, just to make Yvette Nicole Brown annoyed? Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point of, like, spamming someone with comments that are, like, like an emoji or whatever? Who cares? Like, what... Like, what is it? What is it supposed to accomplish? Well, it's weird because I think there was a time when getting spammed and trolled really did affect us. You know what I mean? Like, I I know that when I first was on Twitter, I was like devastated when someone was like, you know, you're fucking ugly or whatever, because I dared to have an opinion on something on the Internet. And um, and that happens. Uh, Spoiler alert to anyone that might not be a social media user. But then after years, you're like, oh, like this is meaningless. And like you're meaningless. I don't even know who you are. Why would I care what that you think that I'm? It's true. I remember the first half dozen threats of rape and murder that I received on the internet i was horrified and shaken up by it yeah and now i just you know screenshot it block and send it to the security team yeah yeah i mean what can you do what can you do i don't know what people get out of it. I do know that sometimes when someone says something really stupid or egregious, like a a public figure or a, an elected official, I know that from my perspective, sometimes it feels good to say like, hey, wow, you're an idiot or to like dunk on them. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Uh, So, like, I can't say that I'm above that instinct, but, like, the continuous trolling or harassing of people, especially just because, like, if you're, like, a fan of someone's music or whatever, like, okay, that's uh, that's great. But, like, then do you automatically have to be a fan of their views on vaccinations and, like, weigh in on that argument? And I don't know. It seems weird. It seems weird. Did you know, though... Did you know, though, I did read a thing. <sighs> Never mind. I'm not going to say anything I because I, I actually don't know. It's about it's not about. Oh, vaccines. I thought you were going to be like, did you know that people's balls really are getting huge from the vaccine? <laughs> I was not. I will not. I have not. I will not. I n- did not say that. <sighs> that would be amazing, though. What a wild swing, though, if I all of a sudden was like, you know what, though, that. Her tweet really made me think, Casey. And I. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm Can you imagine like, if I'm just like, that tweet really, really did make me think. What's the big deal with having some big balls? Like, as if you don't get COVID, you just walk around swinging them things. Who cares? I don't know, Casey. I'm not a man. I don't have balls. <laughs> but period. like our boobs, our boobs get big and small all the time for like no reason if the My wind blows the wrong so way. My were so fucking big last week. It was bonkers. Yeah. So, you know, what do we care if your little balls get a little swollen because you got a vaccine? 
I mean, I don't know. Does it impact anything? I don't know. I mean, like maybe how comfortable you are when you sit down. Sorry, mm. sir. But I just, mm. you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Hmm. That's just one fictional story about one thing. balls. Fictional man's balls. It's like, there's too many, there's too many degrees of separation to be able to, to verify this very fake sounding story. I mean, yeah, if he's not willing to show me his balls, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, such good times. Good times. Now we're going to get dragged by Nicki Minaj's fans. Should we just, let's just cut it out. I don't need to be dragged by anyone. (laughs) You'll be in a retreat. You won't oh, that's even right. Know. That's right. Wait, no. I don't know. What time is it? How long have we been talking? Too long? Not long <laughs> enough? Is it time? Just, you just are like, I gotta go. I haven't packed. I don't know. I'm nervous. That's, I am nervous. Can I tell you something? What? You have never packed for any trip in the time that I've known don't. you. Do you know what? And you've always made it. You've always made it on time. It's That's just true. like, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this to be critical. So I hope it doesn't sound critical. I'm wow. just saying like. Whenever really, you start, wait, this is a, this is a, I just trying to be honest. Are you just no, trying to be no, honest? no, no. I'm, I'm not just trying to be honest. I'm trying to lie. No, I'm not trying to lie. I'm saying like, I think you feel bad about not having packed on the one hand, but on the other hand, you know yourself and you know that you'll get it done. So like, why even go through the thing of feeling bad about it? Just know yourself yeah. and know that you'll get it done and you'll, you'll make it happen. But like the beating yourself up part, you can just like leave it where it belongs in the garbage. Just let it go. We should just yeah. let it go. Yeah. I'm willing to let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Plus, like, you should just be packing, like, seven identical sweatsuits. Well, here is my question, and I'm serious. <laughs> is it weird to wear my own merch? <laughs> <laughs> how many people are going to be there? We could get up we to don't know. 20 listeners. I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be there. But I also just feel like it's really cozy shit. And I just was like well and I'm bringing a towel may as well bring one of my towels like <laughs> I just was like I think I don't know feels to me like the merch may be the call yeah is that weird what Do does it, it say I don't want it to say something though like therapy wise about me Do you know what I mean <laughs> well I mean it could but you know the reason why you're bringing it it's cozy you have it I it's don't know. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's real cute. It's very cute. Super cute. I also think it's kind of subtle. So I think like if somebody didn't know about the podcast or know you, they wouldn't clock it as merch. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you like those fuzzy Birkenstocks? Because I do. I don't generally love any type of sandal. Oh, right. You have feet. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm not like among the sandals. I like Birkenstocks the best, I guess, because I know them to be comfortable. But I haven't seen the fuzzy ones. Well, they've got two different kinds. And, you know, I guess I'm living in a a fall climate place that has a cool climate. And so they've got 
ones that are like fuzzy all around. What I'm kind, I'm okay. kind of into that. And then they've got just the ones that are like fuzzy just inside, and then like suede or leather on the outside. Okay, so like an UGGs vibe. But it's the Birkins. It's a Birkenstock. No, I know, but like UGGs are fuzzy on the inside and leather on the outside. That's right. That's an UGG vibe. But what what I'm asking, I guess my question is, if you're if you're getting something fuzzy because you want to be cozy, why are you wearing something open? Because that seems wild. Well, people sometimes I think they wear socks with the sandals, sandals oh, and well, socks. I don't know her socks and sandals. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it because anything that puts a layer between me and someone's feet is appreciated. And I, think I know it's that kind it of can be like look. stylish. Yeah, yeah, I think like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. I think it's a little cute. <laughs> um, so uh, what, are you ordering some? They're not going to be here by the time you go. Well, is it rude if I make Ray go down to Soho and get them for me? Maybe, but that's okay. He can, right? I mean, I it depends like on what he so has to do cute. today. Just, I mean, get them. It seems like they'll bring you comfort. But I can't, I can't decide if I want the ones that are fuzzy all around. Yeah, I think I want the ones that are fuzzy all around. They're so funny. It's so yeah. funny to wear Birkenstocks that are like little sheep on your feet. Yes, I will say that in terms of fuzziness, even though I might not 100% get the concept of the furry Birkenstock, I believe like in terms of fuzziness, uh, go big or go home. That's what I think too. Let's just go big or go home. Um, You know what I love too? Yeah, these are cool. I like them. I'm into it. I am into it. What What do you think is cool? Um, the Birkenstock clogs. Oh yeah. I have Birkenstock clogs. Those were my pregnancy footwear. Okay. Well, I have the ones that like the people that work in restaurants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the rubber <laughs> ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really Berkies. <laughs> Berkies. That's exactly what they're called. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now there's like a whole Crocs revolution where Crocs are like accepted as fashion now. Oh, well, right. Because like, Post Malone did a whole collab. Yes. And my friend, I think my friend Gigi, she's in, she's been in, she's always knows about what's going to be cool before it's cool. And she called it on the Crocs. Like she has been in Crocs for however long you've been wearing them as a cool statement. She's been doing it like a year longer, but I think she posted a picture of like a Crocs store that did a drop and there was like a 200 person line outside. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Wow. That's fucking wild. It is wild. I mean, Crocs have been around for so long. And like, I really admire the turnaround. I think that's, I think it's interesting. And I guess we probably have Kanye to thank for it because he's making some ugly shit and calling it cool. And then I don't so think we have the, Kanye to thank for Crocs. The no. only natural conclusion is if you don't want to buy Kanye's shoes. I don't think. No, I don't think. I, I feel like I feel like there's a <laughs> I feel like there's a direct relationship between the resurgence of Crocs and Yeezys. Really? I feel like because they're like the molded rubbery shoes, and like people are like, oh, like. Yes, I could spend however many hundreds of dollars on these like rubbery Yeezys or I could just get like $40 Crocs and I can put gibbets in them. Oh, I love a gibbet. There's <laughs> uh, 
Wait, Emily's dad invented this thing when we were kids. I don't know if he invented it or was like an in, investor in it or something. They were called it, they were called bow biters. Were they called bow oh, biters? No, 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 okay. not bow biters, not bow biters. Emily and I loved bow biters. Okay, her dad gotcha. invented something or was an investor or something. He was a podiatrist in like some other thing that was like these little plastic things that were supposed to replace your shoelaces. Okay. Were they stretchy? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I've seen that. I think I've seen similar, if not the same. I don't and know. It how was, did it go? Did he I become mean, no? I, I wealthy? don't. Uh. Uh-uh. And and I think that it was always very confusing how you. I didn't understand it. I just didn't get it. I had a shoelace invention that I never went through with, but I did it with my own kids. They probably won't even remember it, but I still think it would be genius. So maybe this is, maybe we can do this. What is this? It's a shoelace designed to help you learn to tie your shoes. So it was colored in different sections so that there was like a yellow section. I did it with a magic marker on shoelaces for my kids, a yellow section, a blue section, a red section. And so when you laced up the shoes and you had the two tails, you could say, okay, bend the yellow part in half. Now wrap the blue part around the yellow part and then take that little red line and poke it through the half yellow, half blue hole and now pull it and it's a bow. And it was so much easier because you could just say, do the yellow part now, do the blue part, wrap it around, poke the red part through, and then learn how to tie in like two seconds. I love that. Instead of just being like, jacked up! Because the lace all looks the same. But if you have some type of visual marker to Mm -hmm, say like mm -hmm. what part you're supposed to be doing what part with, it's Mm -hmm. way easier and you can learn to tie in two seconds. Because I... God's honest truth, I did not learn how to tie for a really long time because I'm left-handed and my mom was uh, get, going behind me to try to teach me to tie and yes. I couldn't get it for the longest time until she realized, oh, she's left-handed. I need to face her and then that will be the right way to teach her. Oh, God. And then I finally got it. But I swear to God, I was like 15 years old. I mean... I didn't learn how to tell time for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) I also really couldn't remember how the months went for a really long time. Like that was a big challenge for me. The whatever month it became was always a real surprise to me. (laughs) (laughs) A very shocking age. Wait, what did I want to tell? I wanted to tell you something. I can't remember. Oh, here's what I wanted to tell you. Is that summer our merch lady and Aaron, I took a picture of there has been a shirt that I've been dreaming of since I was a little kid. All the cool girls had it. We could never just afford to like, it was at this fancy store, Cherry Web and Terrain in Massachusetts. That's where I knew that they sold it. But it was like a white boat neck, three quarter sleeve Mm -hmm. shirt with a rainbow across the front that also went down the three quarter sleeves. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Every cool girl had it. Every cool girl had it. And I just did not have access to this shirt. Sure. And someone posted a throwback photo of themselves in that shirt saying, oh, I lived for this shirt when I was a kid, blah, 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 blah. And I sent it to Summer and I was like, this is this 
has been like a hole in my soul like, that I never this owned. This is my dream shirt. This is my dream shirt. And Summer was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make it for you. And <gasps> she was saying she doesn't think that she can make that shirt herself because like they have like certain garments that they make and that's not, not like on the roster of garments for this year. But she was like, if you can find a three quarter sleeve boat neck top that you like, we'll order some and we'll print the rainbow on it. And I was like, great, great, great. And then she was like, should we do like a special drop to repair the souls of any little girls who missed out on this? I mean, did you, did you Google the shirt, by the way? Did you Google it? Yes. I've never been able to find it. I've tried to replicate it many times, never had any success. And I know people my age know exactly what I'm talking about. I'll send you a picture of it. It's it's the most iconic shirt ever, but Summer's going to hook me up. Okay. But if it's, if it's a success, maybe we'll do like a pre-order and get people the shirts that they never got in their childhood. I mean, I, 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 I would love it. <laughs> Do you not know the shirt? I don't. It's I don't probably know what the like fuck slightly before your time. Is it this one? Where'd it go? B- On Pinterest. Here, wait. Link copied. I'm putting it in our chat. Okay. Also, by the way, I have that Marc Jacobs one that is literally this. Or the, it is the, it's from several years ago, Marc Jacobs. You've seen oh, me wear it. Make- I don't think I don't think I've seen you wear it, babe. You've seen me wear the Marc Jacobs one. I'm telling you. I don't you. think I've seen. Oh my god! I think I would have been like it would have ruined my day to see you having the shirt that I wanted and never had. And I think I, I would have been uh, like irrationally mad about it and years. through no fault of your own. Well, maybe it was 2017. If I'm being real, I guess it was 2017. So that was that was before our time. And maybe I didn't really wear it much. I mean, it was right before our time, but mine isn't a shirt. Mine's a sweater. I still have it. Oh. I have it downstairs right now. Okay. I'm going to show this it to you. This was a t-shirt. I'm, Everyone in the 80s had it. I was never able to get it. I had to get like a, a goofy knockoff of it that didn't mm-hmm. have three-quarter sleeves, um, which I'm obsessed with three-quarter sleeves. And this is where that obsession was born. I'm also obsessed with boat necks. This is where that obsession was born, this shirt. I had to just get like a, a cap sleeve knockoff that didn't have like the rainbow going across the whole body. It just had like a goofy rainbow in the middle, like some cheap knockoff. But I did um, also get a pair of pants to go with it. It was when I was in the third grade and the pants were white and baggy. And um, yeah, that was like my third grade back to school outfit. I got one outfit to go back to school and it was that rainbow t-shirt and the white baggy pants. And then when I started dating my husband in college, uh, I ran out of laundry and I reached back into the closet to grab a pair of of any pants that were left. And uh, then my husband, who is my boyfriend, was like, those are cute pants. I've never seen them before. When did you get them? And I got to be like, in the third grade. <laughs> in case you wondered how big I was in when I was eight compared to when I was 18, the same size. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I still have those shorts from seventh grade that <laughs> right, I still, still wear. <laughs> and I still wear from the Gap. But secondly... Guess what I just fucking ordered 
Because what? I was walking through the West Village and I saw this person wearing a thing, a hat with it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Where'd you get that? Here it is. I found the fucking picture. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, I knew I took a picture and posted it on Instagram and <laughs> I found it. <gasps> there it is. That's the sweater, Casey. That's you in the sweater. Yeah. I know. I never saw you in that sweater. I would have been upset. Well, there you are. Know. I'm just like four years behind in getting Summer to make it for me. It's a cute sweater. It Honestly, is. oh my God, I was, well, we don't need to talk about my body. I shouldn't even talk about my body. <laughs> but I was, it is funny, like when you look, it is so fucking wild that like the things that people say are true. That like you will be, you will look at a picture of yourself from four years ago and you'll yeah. be like, damn, <laughs> I looked fucking good. And at the time I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? So hard yeah. on myself. And so then I'm like, I'm going to be different moving forward. I'm going to be fucking, I'm going to be, right now, this is the best I've ever looked. But that's yeah. not what's happening for real in my brain. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not it thinking never that. is. No, it never is. It never is. It never okay. is. Wait, so back to what I ordered. So I saw this guy sitting at a cafe. Actually, he was sitting with someone I knew. So I felt even better about assaulting him. Um, with what, where he got his hat. And he was like, oh, Fred Siegel did a collab. Now you might be a little too old for this case. Okay. All the fucking cool girls wore Camp Beverly Hills clothes. Camp Beverly Hills. Not Troop Troop Beverly Hills. Not Troop Beverly Hills. Not the, not the fucking Troop Beverly Hills movie. Camp Beverly Hills, which yes. was like a brand. Yeah. And the the fancy girls at my school wore it in elementary school. My mother, I don't believe my mom ever really bought me it because it was too expensive for yeah. busy. Busy. That's ridiculous. I am not <laughs> spending $60 on a t-shirt for you or whatever. I don't know. My mom was, you know, like had like a lot of, which I get. Yeah. She's frugal. She had, you know, she was working well, why, hard for that money. I, she, yeah. And she also just was like, there's no, we're not, this is not who we yeah. are. We're not, yeah. we're not who, this is not who we are. Yeah. So anyway, Fred Siegel in Los Angeles did a collaboration and did like a redo of Camp Beverly Hills. And you better fucking oh. believe I ordered, I ordered myself a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. I am hopeful. I am hopeful that they will come very soon because I was super <laughs> excited about it. I think I just gave, I think that... I just put in the Zoom meeting. I think I just put another picture of the rainbow shirt for you so you can you can see uh, me wearing the rainbow yeah. shirt. There you go. There you are in it. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how just those things, like when I worked at Rosie, our head writer, um, Jeanette Barber, I guess she heard me saying in passing, or we were like talking about childhood toys. And I was saying that I never got an easy bake oven 
or a fuzzy pumper barber shop and it never mm-hmm. like sat right with mm-hmm. my soul. And I get it. Like rationally, like my mom was like, I don't want her eating junk food and like being having access to like cooking her own junk food. And also like Play-Doh gets everywhere. So those were like the reasons why I didn't uh, ever receive those toys, I guess. But um, she gave them both to me for my next birthday. And I was so touched that she remembered. And like, I just really... You know, that I felt some peace finally. And that's how I feel about the rainbow shirt. The Easy Bake Oven thing is so wild, though, because it is legit like a light bulb. And I don't understand. Light bulbs are hot. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) An incandescent light bulb. You know, today we have kids might not even know, young kids might not even know that there was a time when you could burn the fuck out of yourself touching a light bulb because now we have lights that don't heat up. Our Christmas tree lights used to get hot when I was a kid. I I remember my dog, my dog touching her nose to a Christmas tree, a hot Christmas tree light, and it like popped in her face because her cold nose made it shatter. And I was like, holy shit, we're going to burn this whole place down with our fiery fucking lights. Um, speaking of light bulbs burning the shit out of you, you know that one of like the darkest moments... No, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Do we have time for it? Yes, we always have time. As, as a parent. I ju- we just had Birdie. I only had one child. We went to Tulum, Mexico. And Birdie was like three, little, little, little. And God, it was so terrible. Birdie fell in this restaurant and they had lights in the grounds, like, you know. Yeah. Like like lights, lights. up lights. But it was super fucking hot. And it burned Birdie's little arm like they... Birdie got like a second degree burn. Oh no. It was terrible, terrible and really traumatic for everybody involved. Anyway, that's my story. No, it's not a great story. I have a terrible light story too, which is that I don't need, oh shoot. Can I even, when I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show, we, there's like a, um, a frog jumping contest, like a kid's frog jumping contest mm-hmm. where kids had like bullfrogs or whatever. And, um, and it, I think it's like Mark Twain inspired or whatever. And it sure, was sure. like a, a cultural thing. And, um, so we booked the frog jumping kids to reenact their frog jumping contest on the air, live on mm-hmm. the air. Mm-hmm. Which you couldn't do now because they would the you'd have to have like ASPCA there to make sure that I, you no couldn't off- we couldn't have in on Girls by Veva there was that whole hermit crab thing yeah and you couldn't have the crabs they had to be puppets they were puppets right? yes <laughs> so yeah so anyway it was a whole hullabaloo like getting the kids there with their frogs but anyway we had the frog jumping contest and one of the frogs like went awry and like leaped into a part of the set that had like <laughs> hot lights no and that Stop frog it flung itself back out of the lights <laughs> like a, like a quick sizzle of the frog Stop! and then <laughs> flung itself 
myself so far. And it was so wild. And I was just like, I mean, that was on live TV. Like everybody just... (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is horrible. I don't have any, you know, I mean, I love Kermit the Frog. Obviously, he's my first celebrity crush. I was too embarrassed when you posted that thing on Twitter and people were like your first celebrity crush and whatever. I know I've talked about it, but like... I don't, I didn't want to put it on Twitter like the the fox from Robin Hood. Was, Girl, you're not alone. I know, but I I I know, but I just didn't want to open myself up to that in this moment. Right now, I was feeling very fragile, so I thought like, oh, if it got it, if it did get brought back up on this <laughs> podcast, which I just did. No, you did. You did. Well, I had a crush on Kermit the Frog. Yes, that's true. Anyway, I'm not, my, I'm not ashamed. My point being, I fully like. Yeah, that fox, I think, has really impacted my entire life. Yeah, that fox was like the sexual awakening for so many women um, in like young Gen Xers and the 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 fox <laughs> from Robin Hood. So many people. It comes up like every year someone will be like, oh, my God, this fox was fucking hot. I and, mean, like, the fox was hot, dude. <laughs> and I wanted, it wasn't just a, like... If you're like, how would that have even worked? I don't know. First of all, I was like six. But secondly, I fully was like, the fox is hot and I'd like to look like Maid Marian. Yes. Like if I could look like anything. Yeah. And this, when I grow up, it would be that, that lady fox. So that the Robin Hood fox would be into me. And I mean, like he (laughs) he was hot. That fox was hot. He was like a hot movie star to six-year-olds. He really, you know? You guys, he really, really was. He, he really was like, was. Um, you know, the Chris Evans of cartoon characters back in the day. Just <laughs> good looking. And, and also, by the way, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which came out much later when we were adults. Like Similar vibe. Similar George vibe. George Clooney as a like super charming, humorous fox, yeah. also hot. But Similar we were like vibe. adults and we knew that we couldn't like have sex with a stop motion puppet of a fox by that point, I guess. But yeah, you're you are not alone. No, you should I not know. feel shame. So many women are like, yes, that's when I realized. Do you that- think I'm gonna have to deal with this at therapy this week? I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now teasing. I'm trying to I'm think teasing. of I'm trying to think of everyone that you've ever been in a relationship with and like how they compare to the Robin fox. Hood, the fox. I mean, mostly it's, I just go for dudes that steal from the rich and give to the poor. <laughs> there you go. See, that's maybe that's what it was all about. Women, we're talking about things that are that are very relatable. I think today. Mm-hmm. So everybody that didn't have that rainbow shirt, there's still hope. Don't ever give up your dream of having that rainbow shirt. Women who had their sexual awakening because of Robin Hood, the Fox, maybe that's, maybe it was your altruism that yeah. was aroused. Coming through. Yeah. And that's when you, you could have known that like you had a good heart and also like some raging hormones. <laughs> They were giving us the milk they were giving us back then. It made us very advanced. It's true. It's true. (laughs) That's just all there is to it. Oh, Um, my God. All right. Who do we talk to this week? Because we did 47 interviews this past week. We did so many interviews. Stack them up. 
We are talking to our friend, Dope Queen Phoebe. <gasps> Phoebe Robinson. Phoebe Robinson, who from has a new two book dope out. Dope Queens. Yeah. Yes, two, you, you know her well, guys. We don't need to tell you who she is. Uh, if yes. you haven't read any of Phoebe's books, I highly recommend. She has a new one that comes out this September 28th. September 28th. Yeah. The name of the book is Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes. I think we didn't name check it uh, a bunch in the interview, but that's what it is if you want to check it out. Also, highly encourage you to check out Phoebe's Instagram. She does these Thought Nation posts on uh, where she just like breaks it down why certain guys are hot. And I don't know this to be true, but I feel in my heart, I bet at one point she did a Thought Nation post about the fox from from Robin Hood. Stop it. I bet she did. <laughs> I feel in my heart. I just love that fox. I just loved him. <laughs> I just really loved him. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, we had like a delightful conversation with Phoebe because she's a delightful and yes. uh, we hope you enjoy it. Getting busy with it. Busy, 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 busy. Busy. <laughs> oh, you just wrote that song. It's an original. It's definitely not. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything <laughs> that comes out of my mouth is original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Casey. You know, when you have to choose between two things and you're like, I could just I could flip a coin. This is an arbitrary decision. I'm just going to... Yeah, a hard decision. Well, sometimes when you're trying to choose between those two things that are kind of similar, the one option that has a little something extra is the one you're going to go for. That's right. And here's why we love Vizzy. Because... Vizzy brings something unique and delicious to the table. That's right, guys. I'm talking about the antioxidant vitamin C from the acerola cherry, which is a super fruit with 30 <laughs> times super. more vitamin C per cup than an orange. You heard me right. If I had known this, guys, I would have been eating acerola cherries for a long ass time. But I didn't know this, and it took my favorite hard seltzer to bring it to my attention Um, because they have eight bold and delicious dual fruit flavors plus the antioxidant vitamin C. And I think that makes the choice to pick a can of Vizzy a little easier and a lot tastier. All right, here are the flavors. Pineapple mango, black cherry lime. That's for me. Pineapple mango. That's for me. I like black cherry lime. Strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate, also a favorite. Papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, blackberry lemon. Love that. And raspberry tangerine. Love that one too. Also, Vizzy launched its own lemonade hard seltzer in four delicious flavors, watermelon, peach, raspberry, and strawberry. And guess what it also has in it? Vitamin C, guys. The antioxidant vitamin C. And at 5% ABV, 100 calories, less than one gram of real cane sugar per can, every sip of Vizzy is more exhilarating than the last. <laughs> so upgrade your hard seltzer to Vizzy. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash busy. That's 
Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y, hardseltzer.com slash busy, B-U-S-Y. Come on, guys. You got to be 21 and older to drink. Well, how are you? It's been so long since we've seen each other, so it's good to see you. I'm in my apartment in Brooklyn and just chilling, working. I've started watching this um that Tony Robbins documentary on um, Netflix. Oh, how is it? Uh, so I like know nothing about him. I'm always like, oh, these people are kind of like, maybe they're charlatans or whatever. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, I'm like, I think he's the real deal. I really do. So I want to start <laughs> reading his books. I'm like, I'm fully in. I'm like, I might go to a, a, a conference. Um, oh, I do. Who are we? Hi! Phoebe <laughs> knows nothing about Tony Robbins. She great. started watching a this documentary about him and she so far she's great. on board. Great. Great. I'm I'm I'm, in, great. I'm into it. I'm like this this tracks, this makes sense. Great. There's a it's a I think it's like seize the day. It's like a five day long conference. It costs like five thousand dollars. I'm like, that's reasonable. Like I'm fully <laughs> like on board. But also, Phoebe, well, I just want to say I want to offer this to you. Uh, I too, for five thousand dollars, can like tell you some shit. <laughs> Phoebe, it's I'll just, just tell you things for nothing. It's just a gift. <laughs> well, it's just I, a, a gift for in exchange for your friendship. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. You know what? I I don't want to spoil anything for you. I want to let you go on this journey. Yeah, go on the journey. And see, Definitely. And see the journey. And I yeah, promise um, I'll only intervene if you <laughs> seem to be in danger. Wait. Did, <laughs> wait, did you ever see the problematic Fairly Brothers movie Shallow Hal? Yes. No, I haven't Tony, seen it. Tony Robbins is in it. Plays plays a part <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Oh my God. You know what? Listen, Tony wants to just spread his brand and I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm true. Like you guys, it's called, I'm not, I'm not your guru. It's on Netflix. Honestly, like at the first 20 minutes, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm no, I don't think so tone. And then I was just like, he really cares. Like, I'm full <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you something? Even if, even when people are charlatans, and as you said, he may be a charlatan, I sort of feel like there's a lesson to be learned every time. Because obviously, mm. he's gained Casey, enormous yes. popularity. No, but you know what I mean? He's, ga- I he's, he's giving people something that they feel like they need. Yeah. And then, you know, then we can talk about what he's taking from people later. But like, you know, <laughs> you're certainly not alone in, in your in your early love of Tony Robbins, but I will, here's what I want to do. I want to, um, check back in. Yeah. I want to check back in. I want to follow the journey. Also Mm -hmm. make sure you have my phone number saved in your phone in case you, in case you feel unsafe at any point. I'm going, I put his book awake the giant within in my Amazon car. It's it's, you guys, it's happening. It's happening. happening. Well, Phoebe, do you know what I'm doing tomorrow? What? We don't know what it is, really. But uh, they take away your phone and your computer. And for seven days, you're in an immersive therapy experience. 
Wow. Okay. What inspired you to do this? Well, uh, lots of things, but I have heard about it for years. I've actually known several people who have gone and I've thought about it, but every time I would look at it, I'm like, it's so weird. Like I, no one tells you exactly Mm. what it is except for an immersive therapy experience. And, and there's some stuff you can read, like the theoretical idea behind like where our shit gets trapped, you know? But still, I just was like, also, it's sold out for like way, way, way in advance, always. Like the Mm. sessions are always sold out. So I was just like, that's, I don't know if that's my journey because I can't like commit to a thing in six months and I don't fucking know, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then I've been really having like a, I mean, as we all have, right? But like the last couple of years have just been real fucking intense. And when I was in LA uh, in August, my friend came over and Two friends were over. They were sitting in my backyard and I over and I heard one of them say like, oh, da, 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 da. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. This is a woman I like love and feel like is closely aligned with me in a lot of ways. And she's like, oh, have we never talked about this? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, in my 30 years, 30 years of being in therapy, it's the single most valuable thing I've done. <gasps> And I was like, what is it? And I go, what is it? And she's like, you just got to go. I can't. I really can't. And I was like, fuck. So so she can't give you. Wait, she can't give you a descriptor. I hate when people are like, there's no way to explain it. And I'm like, I think that that's part of the thing. Because I I did my like little pre- interview with the guy with oh by the way Casey of course Phoebe you will also understand this of course like my teacher therapist like group leader straight white man of course and I was like I was like this is on purpose right I said this to him I'm like this is on purpose right like you're doing this to me because you know I fucking hate straight white men and you're challenging me with this thing and he was like I think you're gonna really love this and I was like oh I think wow. you're gonna go there, and they're gonna um, they're gonna put an IV in you, and you'll be asleep for one week, and we'll see you in one week. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> Casey. <laughs> Rude. Rude. <laughs> Which also might be the best thing that ever happened to you in 30 years. Who knows? Let's be real. Yeah. I am driving yeah. myself because I I was like I need to be able to like go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, you so stay gonna... there. You stay there. Do not run away from that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to run away. But like in case, in case I need like in case it's like a situation. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. In, yeah, case, yeah, in yeah. case it's like they they ask you to, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What at this point, I kind of would do? do anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have sex with a goat. I don't know. No, I wouldn't do that. It wouldn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's like a worst case scenario for me, and I feel like I would just politely decline at that. Phoebe Robinson, (laughs) wait, I want to talk about you more. You know why I love reading your writing? Yes, why? Because aside from um, the obvious that you are a black woman who has a wholly different experience in many ways than than me as a white woman, I feel like you have written inside my brain and it's exactly how I think and talk and things I think about that. I'm like, nobody else thinks about this shit, but then it's in your books. It's in your books. It's all in your fucking books. Thank you so much, busy. And I, I really just love reading 
your writing always. Like it's so, um, guys, if you haven't read any of Phoebe's two soon to be three books. Yeah. When does this one come out? This comes out on my birthday, September 28th. I'm very Ooh. excited. It's next week. When yes. this airs. It, yeah. Next week. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's the first book from my uh, literary imprint, Tiny Reparations Books. I know. I was going to yeah. I was gonna say congratulations, congratulations on the imprint. I was super excited when I saw that. Thanks. Guys, if you don't, this is like we do sometimes on the podcast, we do a Hollywood break. So, guys, this is like a book break, I guess. But yeah. publishing break. Because if you, uh, if you don't know, like, why don't you explain, Phoebe, what an imprint is to Yes. So I will say when I started writing books, I had no idea really what an imprint was. You're just like, I write a book and then it comes out and then that's it. Um, but really each, so you have like the big five publishing houses and then they each have like their own little like networks, if you will. So there's like a, there's like a lifetime version. There's like an HBO version, but you know, for books, it's like, there's like, you know, imprints that really only like poetry or YA or literary fiction. So you have like your different genres. And with mine, it's literary fiction, nonfiction, essay collections. And we're starting to dabble a little bit in poetry, which I'm really excited about. It takes me back to my college roots. Sure, um, yeah. And I was, I was a terrible poet. Like I, my, I look back at my poetry. I was like, oh, this is hot garbage. But the the stuff that's coming out of my imprint is not hot garbage, which is great. Um, yeah. So we're publishing three to five books a year. Um, and this book is the first book for my imprint. And then next year, I think it's five books. And then I think 2023 is six coming out. Amazing. So we're just, we're hitting the ground running. Um, and I'm super stoked. We have all kinds of like really cool books. Like we have a biography, uh, about Marsha P. Johnson that's coming out. Like we just, yeah. So we just have like a lot of stuff on the slate. So it's really cool. That's exciting. Phoebe, I want to say that, and I just went back and looked at it again, not too long ago. I want to say that you talk a little bit in your new book about your days of like freelancing and like what it's like to be a boss now versus when you were like hustling, when you were just getting started. And the first time you ever came to my attention is that I have been in entertainment for a long time. And one of the things that I always make it a point to do is to share jobs. When I know someone's hiring, Mm -hmm. I'm like, come to me because I'll get you a bunch of really well-qualified applicants. So our first times that we ever talked were DMs from you on Twitter being like, can you tell me what this job is, who I can get in touch with? And so Mm -hmm. I go back and look at that. I keep those and I go back and look at it periodically because it makes me so happy how far you've come. And it's been years. It's not like it was like an overnight thing. This was like years, years, years ago. But it makes me so happy that you're so successful and that you're in a position to be hiring people now because that's incredible. That's the dream, right? When yeah, and and when you think about like who you want to be gatekeeping, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm like more Phoebe Robinson, less the rest of those white guys (laughs) that suck you know what i mean i want you to have a fucking i want you to have the imprint the tv network the fucking podcast network i want it all for you i want you to be a fucking you're you're a mogul you are a mogul in the making i know it thank you that's what i I want for myself and yeah those freelancing days you were so nice to me so thank you for answering all my questions but it was truly like 
I was writing, you know, like essays for EXO Jane for like $50. Like it was truly like just grim. And you're like, like I did like TV recaps for like Vulture and Glamour. I think that was maybe like $75. Like it was just like, you know, just scraping by and trying to figure it out while I was doing stand up. And yeah, you know, it definitely makes me like who I am now. But it, it anyone starting now, it's like people don't realize, especially if you want to write, like it is. Yeah, it's not cute. It's, it's really a lot. not cute. It's a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think that's what I mean, I haven't had the pleasure of working for you yet. But I think <laughs> that's what why you must be a really good boss, because you know what so many people don't really they come into it sideways or they come into it from I don't know where they come the to it from. Yeah, from the I've, top. And I've they, worked with people who've come <laughs> into it just like straight from the fucking didn't have to do like just got shot straight to the top. And those people are fucking garbage. Yeah. Well, really? well they, they don't is know. There, yeah. You know, they is just, there like one person who like just sort of like it got thrust upon them and they're actually like pretty decent or no? Well, I don't know. I mean, I can only speak to like my, the experiences that I've had. And I just think that when people don't have a a work ethic or, or don't understand that everyone is valuable. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. That everyone from like the person bringing your water to you or whatever, you know, like, like everyone has a place then that's where people become like true garbage like because they just Mm, think that mm -hmm, they know mm -hmm. everything about everything and they're the arbiters of like I know what is amazing because I had this one thing that was like amazing and it was all me (laughs) yeah even that one thing that was like all you that was amazing probably wasn't exactly all you and I think that like if you pay like paying your dues is a thing that people sort of rail against but I think when you do you learn like how to how to really like accept that it's not it's not you're not no one is no no person is an island yeah yeah and paying your dues like I know we're in this big shift culture wise in terms of like how we're viewing work and how we're viewing work ethic and all that stuff and you know social media certainly plays a part in sort of glorifying the kind of like I just woke up and like, I have a gajillion followers or I'm like so pretty or I'm like this or that, but I'm just like paying your dues. Like I would not be where I am if I wasn't doing those freelance gigs. If I wasn't like doing stand up on Staten Island and biker bar, if I wasn't like having an administrative job during the day where I was doing all this stuff at night, like this has made me really appreciate now 13 years into my career, like Things are going well. And I really appreciate that because for so long I had to just sort of scrape by. And I think paying your dues is underrated. And it's probably one of the best and most humbling things that anyone can have to go through. So I'm like, if you're if you have to like start out and, and work a boring job, take that boring job because it will make you appreciate the job that you really want later on. It's true. I think so much of like yeah. the success of anything is just like just a level of self-awareness, right? Like if you're paying your dues, knowing that you're doing it to get to somewhere else. Also, Mm -hmm. like if you're paying your dues and it's 20 years in and you're still paying your dues, probably something went wrong. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) probably, you know, uh, you're believing someone that's maybe not being on the level with you. I've also had the really good experience where someone has been my superior who has come to it 
through the top, whether it's like nepotism or whatever. And a few times I've had the experience where the person's like, can I talk to you for a second? Like in the copier room being like, thank God you're here. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to be really honest with you. I lucked into this. I don't know what I'm doing. Can we do this together? And that always like opens my heart right up where I'm like, you know what? I really appreciate that you said that. And like, it just removes this whole layer of resentment that would have been there otherwise. I think it's like, I think it's such a power move to admit when you don't know what something is or how something is done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I just think that you're, you have to be a really good boss just based on what I know of you. So I'm, I'm so excited that you are one. Oh, thanks. Um, so Phoebe, let's talk about those, those, I guess, what do people, people call them the salad days? Why do people call them salad days? I still eat salad. I guess because that's, yeah, because all you could afford is maybe salad back then. But I want to be yeah. skinny, so I'm just eating salad. Too. They don't know what a sweet greens cost nowadays. It's kind of silly. Way, see, I, by the way, I bought a fucking salad from Two Hands. Phoebe, you know I moved to New York, right? Yeah, I do. But what's Two Hands? I don't know what Two Hands is. Two hands. I know sweet. I know sweet green. And I two know hands chopped. is like there's. I think there's a couple two hands. There's one in like okay. Soho, one in Tribeca, and maybe there's mm. one more in, in somewhere. But it's like I, I'm always on the lookout for like something that makes me feel like I'm in LA, like a restaurant that makes me feel <laughs> like I'm in LA. You know, like something that's like definitely got vegan options. I'm not gonna get the vegan option, but I just like want to know that it's you there. Know. Um, anyway, two hands. I got this like salmon bowl. No joke. It was like 25 bucks. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's not for $25. It needs to have two hands in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I'll take that back to them. But anyway, um, but I, I, when you were back in those, in those days, those early days of like freelancing, huffing it, doing your stand up. Like, I, I feel like doing a podcast, you, you and Jessica were like, I would say in the first wave of podcasting, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Especially the whole like podcasting and like getting that to TV. I think we were probably one of the first to do that. Um, and you know, I think it was like really cool doing it with Jessica because, you know, she was on the daily show. So she sort of had like. Um, she was proven in a way that I just simply wasn't. Um, and so when we were coming out with this show, that's like, this is just a showcase for like female comedians, comics of color, queer comedians. Like it really helped having someone from the daily show. And then ha- I think at that point I've been doing like stand up for six and a half years. So it was like, these are clearly two people who are really immersed in the comedy community and really care about it. And it really allowed people to sort of like buy into what we were doing. Um, and the fact that we got on HBO was like, it was, it really wasn't the plan. That wasn't the plan at all. Honestly, like I was, my plan was like to get a late night set on Letterman <laughs> and to have like my own stand up special. And I, you know, I started stand up too late for me to actually like get onto Letterman, but I, um, I was just always like, I just want to do stand up. That's all I want to do. And so the podcast was really just like this fun outlet And then when we saw, like, we would just get messages from, like, DMs and stuff on Facebook or Instagram, and people would be like, you know, I never thought stand-up comedy was for me because I would go to these shows and it'd be, like, a lineup of, like, seven white guys, like, kind of being misogynistic. So I was just like, oh, stand-up comedy is not a safe space. 
And they're like, oh, through your show, I realized that like there's all these different kind of comics out there. And so for me, that is outside of the like jumping from podcasting to HBO. That to me is like the biggest accomplishment is to make people feel like they're not excluded from joy and laughter, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, frequently we, we, I mean, I would say just we've been told for as long as I can remember that comedy might not be for us, you know, it might be for just straight white dudes. And like, that's reflected, been reflected to me in so many ways as a person Mm -hmm. in entertainment. So I can only imagine like just a person at home who like wants to laugh, enjoy things like, you know, and maybe doesn't and and definitely doesn't identify as, you know, a misogynistic straight cis white dude. Um, So I'm just curious about the origin story of that. Like, how did that come about? And I mean, you clearly are like as surprised about the HBO turn and all of that stuff. But like, how did you and Jessica decide to do that? Um, Yeah. So Jessica and I met in uh, 2014, 2013, maybe. And um, we started out UCB East. Just we were like, this will be a fun, like one off thing. Like it was truly just going to be a one off show because I met her doing background for a piece she was doing about black women's hair in the military. So I was truly just like standing, whatever. And so she said she wanted to do stand-up when we, like, were chatting. I was like, oh, why don't we just do, like, a one-off show together for your birthday? And it'll just be, like, a fun time, and then, like, that's it. So we did that, and we had a lot of fun. We're like, oh, this could be something cool. Let's do it again. And so, like, maybe it was, like, a, a few months run of selling out shows at UCB East, and we're like, we're selling out these shows and we're not getting paid for it. We should go to a venue that's going to pay us for selling out the show. So we went to Union Hall in Brooklyn, uh, which is one of my favorite um, performance spaces. And we were selling that out. And then that was like a hundred seater. And then we graduated to the Bell House, which is like, I think 400 people. Yeah. And we were just sort of like, it was just always so joyous. And the audience was like so fun. And like the comics were amazing. And we were like started doing these live shows where we were, like, interviewing people. Like, we interviewed, like, Alana and, like, John Hamm. And I remember we had Ali Wong on. She did a drop-in set. It was, like, after her first special came out. And, like, of everyone who's ever done the show, she got the biggest, most wonderful, juicy, loud applause anyone has ever gotten on on Tudor Queen's The Podcast. Like, it was just, people were so excited to hear what she had to say. And I was like, this is really cool. And Jess was like, yeah, this is kind of dope too. Let's see if we could turn this into something. And I was like, I think we could probably sell this to HBO. I don't know where I had the confidence to just know that in my heart, but I was like, I think we could do it. Because it really sort of reminded me when I would watch like Comic Relief or whatever. Yes. And I was like, they haven't had a variety show in a while, so maybe we could kind of sneak in there. And I think HBO was like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. And so really, it really worked out. Like, we were surprised that, like, HBO was like, yeah, this is great. Do what you do. And I was like, you don't have any notes? And they're like, nope, we're good. Do it. Phoebe, do you feel like you're the kind of person who just sometimes fucking knows things and like that, you know, and then you're like, that's just what's going to happen next. And like, then yes. it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think I, I feel like you're also a manifester. And so I feel sure. like you just sort of are like, 
you you're focused on something. So because you're focused on, you're always kind of thinking about it in the back of your mind. So you without you realizing, you're you're building a pathway towards getting to the thing that you want or achieving anything that you want to do. And so I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like the reaction to Two Dope Queens. I was like, there are so many people who don't live in New York who sh- who should see this show. Like I don't know. Yeah. I just I just believe that it should exist, and so it did. HBO's great. I love them so much. Uh, well, that makes sense. I mean, that that's a really uh, that's a really logical and smart and pardon me for saying so obvious thought process. People who don't live in New York should have access to this. Like that's yeah. wise. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think a lot, I'm not sure a lot of people always think that way. You know, sometimes when you're like, oh, my God, of course, of course. Now, let me ask you a question about this, because you talk a little bit in your book about like trying to get a sitcom going and it's either like not mm-hmm. the right idea or not the right collaboration or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you handle rejection? Like, Girl. obviously, you believed it was going to happen if you went in for the meeting. Yeah. But then when they tell you, oh, no, that that was incorrect. This is not going to happen. What happens? It's hard because I I'm type A. I like to be high achieving. I've been trying to get my own half hour comedy starring me on the air since like 2015 and is now 2021. And like, it's one of those things where you like look to the left of you, and look to the right of you and be like, you know, people who are younger than me have like been able to achieve this so you go like is there something wrong with me that I'm like not able to like sort of crack that nut a little bit yeah and so definitely there are moments where I don't take the rejection well and it feels deeply personal and it's you know I'm crying and I'm upset and like I think that's really natural because as you guys know to to bring a show from an idea to like life it requires so much energy so much effort there's so much that goes into it that people like don't see whether it's the emails, the meetings, the, you know, trying stuff out, like all the press and promo you have to do. So it's really, really hard. And I think I've gotten better at just sort of being like, I'm very much now like, oh, you'll see. Like, that's my whole thing is yeah. like, when someone rejects me, I'm like, you don't get it. But one day you will get it and it'll be too late because I will have moved on. And so that's like sort of how I tell myself. Right. To right. Get through it. When you were just <laughs> saying all the work it takes to do, I was like, oh, my God, it is a lot of work. And then I was like, oh, I guess I should be like, oh, thank God I don't have to do that. But I never do. Yeah. Feel that. <laughs> oh, thank, thank God you said no. I'm completely not up for doing all that shit. <laughs> well, I've, it's weird that you say that, Casey, because I actually do think that in moments in my life that I look back on now, the, you know, everybody's like rejection is God's protection. Okay. But that like, doesn't feel great because <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah. rejection, you know, but then when you like have distance and you look back on it and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I for sure couldn't have handled that shit then. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't prepared for X, Y, and Z. And also this other weird thing happened with my mom or whatever, you know, like who yeah, fucking yeah. knows yeah. whatever it is. I do think that there is, I believe sometimes that there is a lot of um, protection that happens when when creative pursuits get thwarted by fucking yeah. assholes. Right. <laughs> right. Get it. Well, because it's just a person. Right. Phoebe, do you know do you know Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins? I, I know the, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a comedian, obviously. So you would know each other. And then his wife, Janie, is an actor and a writer. And I am still laughing about 
We had them on the podcast last week and I'm still laughing about her saying that when people reject her, like in a pitch meeting, she wants to ask to speak to their manager. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still laughing and also want to try it in my next pitch meeting when they're like, yeah, we don't think we're going to do this. I want to be like, I would like to speak to your supervisor. That's I mean, hilarious. I essentially fucking did that with our show. Just FYI. It's true. It's true. I think it's, I think it's the only case in which that's probably would be worth it and hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Wild. Yeah, but busy, like you've done so much. Like, how do you deal with like the nose? Because it's like. I was like so naive where I was like, oh, you get to a certain point. And I'm, I'm like, I bet all these famous people, like they just get yeses all the time. And then I did, and this is like not a name drop, but I did. Um, I would love a name drop. I love a name yeah. drop. Yeah. I did um, Joey Soloway's show, I Love Dick, and it starred Kevin Bacon. And we just like grabbed dinner one night just to like talk about like career. So like, he was so generous. Yeah. And he was like, I still get rejected for stuff. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, you're Kevin Bacon. He was like, I'm just a dude. And for some projects, people don't think I'm the dude. So they say no. And I was like, that is wild. But that's like, well, there is no, except if you're like a Beyonce, like you're, you're going to get no still, you know? Wait, can I tell you something that I know about Beyonce that maybe is going to blow your mind right now? Beyonce wanted to be the lead of Princess and the Frog, but Disney has a thing like everybody has to come in and audition and sing and read. And they were like, no, Beyonce is not coming in. And they're like, "Okay." And Anika Noni Rose got it. Who's like a fabulous Broadway star who Mm -hmm. went in and auditioned for it. So like there are things occasionally that people will say no to even fucking Beyonce, which seems I mean, Why she it? wasn't really she wasn't really reject she made her own rejection in that it's not case rejection not, I'm saying no yeah. but I'm not saying it's rejection I'm just saying like yeah I know but but they still could have they could have just given it they could have bent the rules they could have yeah. bent the rules but they didn't yeah Disney that's saying. that's a uh, the ultimate power move versus power move game of chicken right yeah. Well, 100%. Beyonce's not bending yeah. her rules. Disney's not bending their rules. No. Who will win? But also, Phoebe, thank you for dropping that name because now you made us and everyone listening to the podcast two degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes. Ooh. I did my part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned that very early, early on that, like, even if you're the biggest movie star in the world, you still feel like you're one job away from it all ending and never Mm. getting hired again. And, and I have watched friends of mine far more like whatever successful in different ways, what, you know, come up against that same kind of thing. Like for me, how I have dealt with it historically speaking, as opposed to now, I mean, I think that in the last like, six, seven years, what is really important to me and like what I really want to stand for has shifted. So I think I used to get much more like tied up in just bullshit jobs, like playing Cameron Diaz as best friend in some fucking dumb movie. Do you know what I mean? Like who gives a fuck? (laughs) Like why did I want to be in that movie anyway? Like no. But that used to like gut me and Mm. now I and I think like I've been able to and I take 
the power back a little bit because monetarily I'm not dependent Mm -hmm. on those jobs because I've been able to do so much other stuff like with brands and things. And that's Mm -hmm. really like, you know, anytime people are like talking about pivots or talking about like being able to like uh, uh, be creatively be in things that like align with your values, it's like, yes, but also you have to have the privilege of being able to do that. Like, yeah. And, and money brings that, you know, and when I didn't have the other avenues of like rev streams coming in from brands and shit, like it was real hard when I didn't get a big job, you know, cause it wasn't just about the like job. It was also about the money for the year. Yes. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, you're hoping you get this writing job or this stand-up gig and you're like, you're like, is this going to be the moment where I break out and it leads to other things? And so you put all that, like, I remember when I would do like all these auditions for stuff like for the Daily Show and whatever. And because I was so broke, I was so fucking thirsty. I was so desperate. And I'm sure that like came through my audition. Yes, where it's it like, translates sure, for sure. Yeah, because I'm going like, I got to get this job so I can pay my rent for the next six months. And that is in the performance now. Instead of me just being present and delivering right. my jokes, I'm like stressed about my Con Ed bill. And like, right. it, I agree with you. It's really hard to like, when, you, when you're strapped for cash, you sort of just be like, this no doesn't bother me. It's fine. Like, it, yeah. it's almost impossible to, to it's do It's almost that. about, because, yeah. and every no means something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are, like, the creative no's that break your heart. There are the money no's that break your heart. There's the no's that, like, are confusing, and you're like, wait, this is a no-brainer. What are you fucking talking about? Everybody wants this. Like, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, right. That breaks your heart. And then, yeah, I mean, so it's just, it is, like, I think, like, being able to, identify what it is and where it's hitting is something that like has been helpful for me. Also, that's just therapy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think also when you become a boss and you interviewed people for your company, right? Because you were, Mm -hmm. you have a production company now. And so now, you know, a little bit, like sometimes the person who is in charge just has to choose. And sometimes it's right. like, yeah. it's, it, it's really easy to choose because someone is the obvious choice. And sometimes yeah. it's a really tough choice and you feel it breaks your heart to not be able to hire everybody. But that has given me a lot of perspective too. And like, well, what I'm like, what I'm proposing doesn't fit into the plan right now. Um, so, you know, but it, it, it's, yeah. it's still hard. It's so hard. You're like, oh, I'm telling someone no and like this hope that they have to get this gig so they can like have money to do whatever they want or because they're really passionate about this company. They can't. And like you just sort of have to be like, well, I can't just hire everyone I interview because right. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So it's like right. you really do have to sort of like turn off that part of your brain and really just be like, what's best for my business? And like, you know, hire the people that you feel are going to do the best job and, you know, build those relationships. And yeah, to be on this end where I have now the, the, the position of saying no, it is. Yeah. It's strange, but I'm, I'm rolling with it. And I I feel like I'm always saying no for the right reasons, LOL, but I really do. Um, like it's not some power trip. Like I'm not like, fuck you, bro. Like I'm truly, I'm just like, 
I don't think that this is like the going to be the right marriage. Yeah. So after thoughtful consideration. Wait, I want to yeah. tell one quick story that I always think about when we're talking about like rejections and no's and everything. I was working at a job where I was kind of like in, you know, in the middle. And so someone left the job and the boss loved the person that left the job. And it became my job to try to help fill that position. And it was really difficult because no one was ever going to be good enough for the boss because they really loved the person that left. And so among many, many people tried for this job and just nobody was making an impression. And I was like, Oh gosh, this is, this is difficult. And I really want to hire this person because my job is a lot without this person. I need someone to help me out. And so I got this this person that I kind of knew who was amazing and they came and met and submitted for the job and the boss was like, oh, pretty good, but still not feeling it. And I was like, okay. So I continued to look and just continued to do the other person's job. And then it was literally a couple weeks later and my boss was like, you know, that person that you brought in that I thought was pretty good, but said no to like, maybe let's take a look back. And I was like, oh, in the intervening two weeks, that person sold a memoir for seven figures and got staffed <gasps> on two television shows. So they're not available. <laughs> wow. And I just loved that it went from me saying to this person, like, it's a no, I'm sorry. And them being like, it's cool. It's cool. Clearly they had so many other irons in the fire. And I was like, but I loved saying that a seven figure memoir and two television jobs. Do you feel so, like wow. you always have tons of irons in the fire, Phoebe? Oh yeah. I'm constantly just like putting them in. I'm trying to be a little more strategic now. I think certainly during COVID I got like a little stressed out and I was like, oh my God, like you know, I was supposed to shoot my stand-up spe- special. That got canceled. All this stuff I, I had planned for the year was sort of drying up. I, like, kind of panicked. And I was like, well, I'll just do this podcast. I'll do this and that and that and that. So I, I think I always am a person who just likes to have, like, a lot of – juggle a lot of projects. And then COVID kind of turned into hyperdrive. And then I started therapy last year. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is – I'm doing too much. I need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's not that serious. Like, just take a beat. Take take the weekend <laughs> off. It's yeah. hard, though, because I think, I don't know, I think as women, and I, I don't know, just I can, you know, I think that we're like sort of conditioned to just think like you got to get it while the getting's good or someone else is going to get it, you know? But I think it's really healthy to be able to know what is maybe too much. Yeah, and to just, you know, certainly I think because I was broke for so long and I was in debt for like 10 years, it, it obviously was like a trigger where I was like, I got to make sure I never fall. And, you know, when I was talking to my therapist about it, she was like, you're not where you were 10 years ago. No, you're so not. To keep, There's no way. So to keep, yeah. So she was like, because I told her all the stuff that I had going on. I was like, I have this special and this book and this imprint and I'm developing a TV show. She was like. You have a lot of work. Why are you acting like you're 25 and you have no money to pay your rent? She was like, why? you have to why? stop. Yeah. Yeah. So but, she's like, no, you I'm have asking to you why. Well, as she likes to call, she she says, uh, I have poor girl brain. So uh-huh. like, even when my circumstances change, I still act as though I am in debt. Yeah. Um, and I'm always fearful that I'm not going to be able to like cover my bills or like the work is going to dry up or I'm going to get told no and then I can't get like a gig. 
So like I overcompensate by having like 20 jobs, <laughs> um, which is making me tired, but it's also just like, not a great headspace to be in, like, because I'm not accepting what the reality of my life is. Mm. And instead, I'm operating out of fear. Like, I'll take this job because I'm scared that if I say no, then this person won't offer me a gig again. And it's like, I don't need to think like that. No. Right. You don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to make those fear-based decisions, mm-hmm. I have to say. Like, it's hard mm-hmm. not to... We're well, ego-based. Casey and I had a real come to Jesus about that a few weeks ago where I was like, oh, I was making some weird ego-based decisions, Casey, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, and she's like, mm, well, glad you came around to that. <laughs> well, listen, I can tell you that I have poor girl brain as well. And, and in a way, I think it's kind of useful because I think mm. Phoebe, I'm not your therapist, so you just tell me <laughs> I'm your friend. Tell me to shut up at any time. I just want to know what Tony Robbins would say about it. <laughs> But I think it's when you have poor girl brain, when you're in like a moment of prosperity, it's so good for your own health to let those other things go. And that was a thing that I really struggled with. But like right now, I'm not steadily working. And so I'm back to like poor girl brain and being like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck, if I want to pay for my house or or contribute to my family, like I got to fucking get it together and either sell something or go back to doing those old jobs. And I Mm -hmm. do have to say that, like, thank God, I'm here to tell you from the future, if ever you're in that position, those people will call you back because (laughs) because you're great. And so people people from your past will, like, reemerge and be like, oh, do you want to help out on this or whatever? So I'm, like, I'm trying to be in a space of where, like, I'm like, oh, this is good karma. Like, I was good to them. During those times, I did good work, and now they're like, "Oh, she's free," and you know, I'm not. Yeah. I won't go so far as to say like they're throwing me a bone. I hope that's not the case, but I, yeah. I, I think like, oh, it's it's good that you know that people are like getting back in touch and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I I'll say that if ever there's a moment where you need a job in the future, and I have a job, obviously I'll DM you about it on Twitter and save it for uh... for ten years. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Phoebe, I keep seeing your cute little face and bod all over bus shelters, walking around New York City. Yes. You're a model now. You're a model. I know. It's very like doing the the Madewell campaign was very much like I remember when I started doing the T-Dub Queens podcast with WNYC. I want to say it was 2015. And I would take the train in, because I think it's like um, they're in uh, Soho. So I would take the train into the city from Brooklyn. My stop would get out. I would have to walk past the Madewell store. And I always go, I have no money, but... I'm going to walk in here and browse and pretend like I'm going to like buy something from here. I'll be like, oh, like I'm going to save my money. And then I'm like going to go on like a little shopping spree in Madewell. So to like cut to like six years later where I'm like modeling their clothes, it feels like so cute and so fun. I'm just like, oh, it's it's wild. I love the picture, too, by the way, like the one that I see all over the city. Um, yeah, you look so fucking cute. I love it. I want to buy everything that you're wearing. I mean, did you ever think, did you ever think? No, I no, (laughs) no, I'm not. No one was ever like, you should be a model. No one has ever said that to me in my life. 
Um, I was never like the girl who got like tons of dates. So for me, I'm just like, oh, this is like super fun. But I also go, it's not reality, but like, it's nice to play for a day and like, you know, pretend and like wear cute clothes and yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's fun. That's amazing. Thanks. I feel like we've talked about a thousand pivots. Your whole career, your whole trajectory has been pivot after pivot, I feel like, into bigger and better things. But is there a pivot that you had that's either personal or professional that we might find surprising or that you think could help other people in a similar position or that's hilarious? Well, I guess the main pivot would be like my career and like I did not want to do stand-up comedy. Like, I was not interested in comedy at all. At what? all. At I... all. No. No. I wanted to be a screenwriter and write, like, really serious... Like, you know, right. I was, like, totally the kid who, like, loved, like, all these movies from the 70s and, you know, freaking, like, Francis Ford Coppola and, like, all that kind of shit where I was like, that's going to be me one day. I'm going to write, like, my The Conversation or whatever. Like, I never... By the way, I love the conversation. Such a good movie. Brilliant film. So love Gene Hackman. Love Gene Hackman. But should I be writing a Gene Hackman movie? I don't know. Why? I don't know why I thought that. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then um I was working at an indie film company because I was like, okay, I'll just like do this, like while I like write my screenplay, which I was not writing because I think my spirit knew that this was like not the right path for me. But uh, my college friend, Lindsay, um, she still lived in New York at the time. And I was uh, 23 and she was like, oh, I want to take a stand-up class, but I don't want to take it by myself. Do you want to come with me? It's at Caroline's on Broadway. And this was like 2008. And I was just like, stand-up is whack. I was like, Truly, truly. By the way, by the way, no argument. No argument. (laughs) We this is here's something my therapist says a lot. We always we make the best decisions that we can with the information that we have at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I did things I would have thought the same thing. Stand up's whack. But you went. You said yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, you don't, because I was, I was at this uh, indie film company. She's like, you don't like your job. So this class is only like eight weeks. Like, you just do it together. And yeah. then, like, we could be like, LOL. What, remember that one time we took a stand up class together? And I yeah. was like, all right, I'll go. And then I like fell in love with it immediately. Like, the first class was to go like watch a show at Caroline. So it was Daryl Hammond. He was doing like an hour and he was so. So funny. And he was doing all these characters and talking about his life. And I was like, this is so cool. And then our homework assignment was to write five minutes of material. And I was like, oh my God, I have to write five minutes? How will I fill five minutes? And so the next week we show up in this like room that literally looks like a AA meeting just let out. Um, and it was like <laughs> we we're like in a half circle. There was like this little like microphone. And then microphone stand, everyone got up in front of like their classmates and we did like our five minutes of material for like 15 people. And like, I was like, this is what I should be doing. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it was so, it was so like, I just knew it. I was like, this is it. I found my purpose. Truly. Maybe I, you know what? Maybe I'm like, should become a big Tony Robbins fan. Cause that sounds like something Tony would say. I <laughs> Maybe you my should purpose. be. Maybe, but, you, maybe should you should be, be your the own new Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Yeah, that's what. Ooh. And- okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Sure. Also, like, again, I'm like, do <laughs> does this super rich white man need 5000 of your dollars? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we need to ask these questions. <laughs> I'm What's asking it worth? on your, I mean, billions. Oh, I think he's worth, I'm like, a, you could like, just it Google up. it. Google it. Look it up. Oh my God, I mean, $500 million? <gasps> ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Ladies. Oh not. my gosh. <laughs> well, that's why Julianne Huff tried to start her thing, oh, right? Oh, right. Is that shit talky? I don't know. But she was like trying to, she's been yeah. trying to do like a inspirational tour slash thing right Casey do you know what I'm talking Wait, about she's she's well, like a dancer right yeah like, hers I is went, like about your body but it's yes. also but hers is hers is motivational I I, know. I went to mm. an uh to a WW thing like an Oprah sanctioned Weight Watchers type of morning dance party and Julianne Huff was doing her inspirational dancing at it I want to say in this documentary Julianne Huff is in it her and yeah. her brother went Okay. Yeah. 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 Listen, See, I this all tracks. I'm saying to you, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Phoebe. I don't know. You guys, wait. If we're going to leave in the Julianne Huff part, this is not shit talky, but is p- the thing where that guy, like, pulled, like, a spirit out of her butt, is that part of, like, yeah. Her, it, that's, that's part, part of, of it. Right? I saw the clip. Yeah. yeah. And that to me, I was like, Okay, this is Charlottesville for real. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's a thing that can happen, right? I don't know that it was. A, I don't know. I don't know what he was pulling out of know. her butt. I know that it was invisible. Energy. It was and energy. And I know that it made her act a certain way. But here's what I'm saying: it's not really shit talking because it really happened. We could all yeah. Google it if you haven't yeah. seen yeah. it. You it is fucking wild. But I mean. Yeah. But listen, I'd be more apt to spend yeah. five thousand dollars on an inspirational week. Hosted by Phoebe Robinson, then yes, someone make getting that pivot invisible spirits, or like, or like, have you ever butt. like, like Glennon Doyle vibes? Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, there's like yeah. that kind of thing. I like Glennon. I like Brene Brown. I love yes. Brene Brown. She's yes. great. Yeah, yeah. I love Brene Brown, and I also love when you mention Brene Brown and someone else loves her, and then you have like a crazy like it's like running toward each other in a field. Yeah, romantic. <laughs> It is. Why? I like Brene Brown. No one's ever run toward me. What are you talking about? Because it's just like you're always, it's always like when you're in a group and you just are like struggling for oh. something to talk about. And then you're like, well, it's like I saw this Brene Brown TED talk. And then another person across the room is like, I love Brene Brown. And then you run toward each other and then you finally have something to talk about. It's a I huge like that. relief. I, I like that. I've never had that experience, but I do like that for you. Um, I, I don't know. Like all of it is. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, Tony Robbins, he's managed to make himself $500 million, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're on your way, though, Phoebe. Yeah. I don't want to. I feel like having that much money, feel it feels obscene. It's like, I don't even I know agree. what you do with that. Like, Well, you should give it away. They should fucking give it away is what they should do. Yeah. 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 Facts. And also, I agree. just, you know, Google your own net worth too. And then. Ooh, let me see. Yeah. Because sometimes that's like maybe Tony doesn't actually have like a pile of $500 million that he's sitting on. I'm not saying no, he doesn't no. have a lot. Oh, yeah. I think he might. But like. Fee. I don't People, think my network okay. is correct. <laughs> 
Someone said my net worth is $14 million. <laughs> that is wildly inaccurate. $14 million it's for like- what? I don't know. Maybe you've like made, maybe you have actually made $14 million in your entire career for I other people. I haven't even made $14 million. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. not anywhere well, near okay. that figure. So this is, oh this God. is like a high school math problem. Take your own in your mind, your own real net worth, mm-hmm. divide 14 million by that. And whatever you come mm-hmm. out with, then divide Tony Robinson's 500 million by that. And maybe that's like a closer picture of what he actually has. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I just Googled busy, busy. They say your net worth is 12 million. How do I have a higher net worth than you when I've been working the fr- a fraction of the time you've been working? Oh my god! Because you're Google not buying your salads at two hands. <laughs> well, first of all, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> you didn't even know but about also, it. <laughs> but also, also, let's see. I don't know. Do they subtract my children's? Oh, that could be, yeah. It cost me because every child is automatically $8 billion goes right off your net worth. (laughs) Those fucking kids leaving me dry. (laughs) Oh my God. Where do their salads come from? It better be cheap. It better be like only a McDonald's salad (laughs) until you guys. Could you imagine if you got a fancy salad for yourself and then you drove to a cheaper salad place to get a... 100% I can imagine it. It sounds like something I've done. Um, but also, but also, do you guys this, I've never done this to my children yet, but yeah. I do remember when my parents had their like some anniversary trip. We were kids to Hawaii. Yeah. They like wanted to yeah. go to Hawaii for their anniversary and they sat in first class and my sister and I were in coach. Oh. I've always thought that's like the funniest fucking move. Like that makes sense. You're not going to appreciate first class as a kid. So why kids, kids right? appreciate it. I think children oh, they appreciate do? it. Yeah. First oh. I class. Every, I think, I think everyone they should I never think, know. They should I never. Think every, that's what my parents felt like. I think every, I think every person appreciates first class Phoebe. I think like oh. you, you like, you're just like, Oh, this is clearly so much better. Like then yeah. the option two rows back. Like this is obviously so much better. Yeah. Oh yeah. my Even god. Even as like a three year old. <laughs> See, Phoebe, I think these are all of the reasons you write in your book about the decision not to have kids, and these are all the reasons why you're so smart because child free by choice, and you don't even have to ever give a thought to this whether <laughs> whether you <laughs> a friend texting me this morning. Um, she has, uh, three kids, four, three or four. I'm not a great friend cause I don't know the exact number, <laughs> but, uh, uh, email went, email blast went out to all the parents, um, at this particular school because one of the kids has pinworms. And I was Ugh. like, I was like, pinworm. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, is that lice? And she was like, In no, your butt. it's not. Yeah. She sent me a link and I was like, it's, they lay eggs. Around your, your asshole. asshole. Mm-hmm. You know how you test little kids for it? Uh, how? Flash, flashlight in the night. Flashlight in the night? What do you mean? What do you mean flashlight? Like you 
You have you to wait for it to be dark. Like it has to be dark. And then you put a little flashlight and apparently they like <gasps> crawl out toward the light. Thank God my children are oh not my good. God! <laughs> what? How? How does someone come up with this test? What was a trial and error on this goddamn test? To be like, it feels, it literally feels medieval. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the other thing that I did read online was scotch tape, which is that you take a little piece of scotch tape and you stick it in there on their butthole and then you like pull it off gently. So you don't, you're not trying to hurt them and the pinworms will stick to the scotch tape. There has to be a better way. There Agreed. Has, I agree. There ha- the 3M company did not create scotch tape <laughs> so it could be used to get worms out of buttholes. It's not that pleasant. Not, it's not pleasant. Oh, my God. See, right now, this is the moment wow. where you're like, my smartest choice ever. Yeah, I'm like, this is a lot. But I feel like, you know, I have a niece and nephew and they're fantastic. And I I love kids. I just feel like I don't think I could do the day in, day out work of it. You know what? It feels very relentless. Scotch tape anyone's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Relentless is the right word for parenting. It is relentless. Right? Yeah, Yeah. it is never ending and it's relentless and, and also like the greatest joy of all time. It goes back to what you both were saying earlier about like having that like scarcity mentality and always taking jobs. But also I think like we grow up with the phrase drilled into our heads, like a woman's work is never done. And so, Mm. you know, so I think on like some gut level, when you're becoming a mom, you know that you're gonna probably wind up doing the majority of the work because that's just the way that it works out. Like, that's just the way. Mm. I, I've often said, Phoebe, I, know, I don't think you have ever met my husband, Matt, in person, but Mm-mm. he has always done more than half of the work just because, like, my work had me spoken yeah. for for more hours than than he was. And so he has done more than half of the parenting, which is so unique. And people always look at him like he's a delicious turkey leg because like women are <laughs> their minds are blown that like a dad does this much for the kids like still to this day, even it's though they're, exhausting. they're grown men. But what I will say is that on every permission slip ever, every form that we've ever filled out, we bury my information so deeply in the slip. (laughs) And I have a different last name than my kids. And whenever Mm. something has happened, somebody at the school or wherever will dig through the fucking file until they find the mom. Even though dad's number is right at the top. In case of emergency, call dad. And they will dig until they find mom. And I'm just like... It's it's such a hard thing to to break free from. Although Casey, you know, I think maybe it's it it is crazy, Phoebe, because like you know, even just like a couple years of having a kid like mm-hmm. gives you a different parenting experience than your friend who had a kid five years before you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have kids that are five years apart, and like the shit that we did with Birdie as a baby when I tried to do it with Cricket, people were like, that kills babies. You're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, wait, what? That was like the prevailing wisdom at the time. What are you talking about? I did that with my older one. And I will just say this, Casey, we also, uh, I would not say that Mark does more than half of the parenting or work in the house. Like he's 
helpful and like does a lot. Yeah. But we do put him as the contact because of my job. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They always call him. I've never had. I've never. That's good. That's in fact so much so that at a certain point I was like, are they afraid of me? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know. That's, I don't that's know. really interesting. Yeah, it's been my experience that people will will dig for my information and like try to find out what my last name is. I've tried to hide mm. my identity from from every organization Casey. that had to do it <laughs> <laughs> with my kids and it just hasn't worked. So Phoebe, well, I mean, listen, I can barely keep up with the updates on my computer and phone. I don't need like child rearing updates that I'm unfamiliar with. I'm just, whew, thank God that's behind me. <laughs> I have a question for both of you. So like when you guys go on vacation without your kids, are you able to fully turn off parent brain or is there always like even just 5% of you sort of just like wondering about the kids, if they're okay? Like, can you fully just be yourself? I mean, it, it, it depends on it's, it's so all of that stuff is like so situational. It depends, depends. who the kid. it depends on the age of the kids what it they're depends going on through. Who, yeah. And who the kid, mm. who the kids are with, like who they're staying with. Yeah. And it has to be like everything in life. For me, conditions must be perfect. Yeah. Mm. And if like conditions aren't perfect, then yeah, no, it's like a, it can be a bummer. Yeah. And yeah. it, it can be hard. I mean, this is going to be really weird for me to do this retreat. I can't talk to them yeah. for a week. Oh, wow. That'll be interesting. Wait, did you grow up with pets in your house? No pets. My parents aren't into pets. And then I'm also, I'm like allergic to truly like all pet dander. So like I've, even as an adult, like I never had pets. Like when I had roommates who had two cats, like I had to take allergy medicine every day Uh, so I wouldn't be fucked up. So I'm just like, oh yeah, I just think it's not in the cards for me to have pets. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I think, and people equate pets to children all the time, and it is not the same thing at all. But I was going to say, your anxiety surrounding leaving a childhood pet behind, I think is a good indicator of how you'll be when you grow up and you have kids. Like the amount of anxiety Mm. you'll feel trusting someone else to take care of them or if they've been out too long or whatever. I don't super dote on animals. Like I grew up on a farm. Mm. I think of animals as like employees. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not super like, oh, you're the cutest thing. I just think of them like, you know, they're they're part of the business of what we're trying to do in life. But... I was always super anxious about leaving behind a dog or I always thought that um, when I would like go to get my dog's vaccines or whatever, when I was a kid, I was sure that the vet who was old was going to accidentally euthanize my dog, which is probably like an anxiety that I should have been talking to a professional about at that time. (laughs) But exactly feel the same way about leaving my kids behind and they're adults now. And I still get anxious if like, you know, but you know, it's like, it's like anything. You have a boyfriend. I'm sure if he mm-hmm. like says he's going out to get a coffee and he's gone for an hour, <laughs> you're probably like, hey, coffee doesn't take that long. What's happening? <laughs> Are you like that? No, but my boyfriend, he works in music. And so he just went back on the road. Um, and 
He's gone for 10 weeks, which is the longest we've been That's apart. a long time. Since we've been together. Um, and so there's a lot of that. There's some days where we just don't really get to talk as much because he's like on the road and traveling. You just sort of like... In the beginning, like when we first started dating, I would definitely... Especially if he was like overseas and it was like the time changed and I'm touring or whatever. And I would like text him. I wouldn't hear back from him. So I like text him. I still want to hear back from him. I would leave these like... Ever write out these like long ass, like truly chaotic text messages. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd be like, I don't know if you're fucking alive or dead in Prague. Oh and like, God. you haven't like FaceTime me back. As a grown ass woman, I deserve more than this. It's 2019. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just like, oh my God. <laughs> and how did he respond? <laughs> And he would be like, it would be hours. And then like, the next day he'd be like, I was asleep. <laughs> I think people die. I really do think people die. But I, maybe like you, that thing of like, you, I mean, just so like angry about him yeah. not. And it's it. because you're terrified. It's like he's on a bus, like you're, over, yeah. like overseas. Like, did the bus? Because he's told me he's been like a couple of like bus crashes. Yeah, and he, he's like was unscathed. You know what I mean? But it's like once you hear that, you think like, oh, if I don't hear from him for six hours, you know, he's on a bus, the bus crashed and he's dead. Right? Like, truly, yeah. that's where my head would go. And I was also, like, by the way, oh, this world is fucking nuts. Anything could happen. Right? Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, calm down, bitch, and I, like it's fine. Yeah. Has he also, ever he just turned it back, back around on you and been like, you haven't gotten back to me in 20 hours? He's um he's a very calm British guy. Like I'm okay. the sort of like the emotions kind of go all over the place. And he's very like centered. Um yeah. so he'll be like, he'll be like, hello, but like that's like the extent of it. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. Hello. In, in Phoebe's book, she refers to her boyfriend as the British, British Bake, Bake Off, Off. <laughs> mm-hmm. which is the best nickname. It's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. He is so cute, and I love him so much. And yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like I feel like some of his Britishness is rubbing off on me, and some of my Americanness is rubbing off of him, which is good. Oh, interesting. Well, Phoebe, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you're happy. Thank you. It's hard to be happy. Yeah, it is. But you're doing it. It looks like it looks like you have the biggest yeah. smile and just uh, you've always been such a such a great person. And I just have always really liked you so much. But to see you happy and like accomplishing so many things makes me really, really happy. You deserve it. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. That is so kind and so sweet. And the two of you are thriving. And this podcast is so fun. I love you guys' chemistry together. Like, it's just like, it's just great ladies doing great things. And that's how how it should be, you know? Phoebe, I appreciate that. I'm, like, always in um, awe of, like, all of the work that you are putting out into the world, but that, but also like very, very grateful for it. Cause I don't think I'm going to write another book anytime soon. And so just, you keep writing them. And I will Is it because it was too much the first time you felt like I said everything I wanted to say, so I don't want to go back. I don't know. It, it, it it was a, it's a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Is that fair to say? It was a lot of things. We did that one fucking weird 
round table together because mm-hmm. our books came out, our, your second book and my first only, mm-hmm. maybe, book came out at the same time-ish. <laughs> and we did that t- round table together. And I don't know about you. I, re- I left that and was like, oh, God. I felt like I had been like, I don't know, brutalized or something. Like, like not from any of the four ladies that were there other than me, but just like, I felt like it was just like, not something I enjoyed. Yeah, I think the questions were a little kind of surface level. So we're all like, so we travel to be like, what's it like to write a book? And you're like, <laughs> this could have been an email. Hard? Yes, <laughs> this could have been a fucking G chat dog. Write a book is yeah. hard. Next. Next. Yeah, it was, next yeah, question, dude? it was really, yeah, it was really weird. And like seemingly she had only read Abby Jacobson's book. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Remember? She was a huge, she was a huge she only, Abby Jacobson fan. Yes, but she didn't, yes, yes. She didn't reference anything from any of our mm-hmm. other books, like specifically. But Abby's, she was like, so on page 72. <laughs> and and like Abby is like, Abby, she's amazing. And I think she was like trying to be like. I don't know. You guys know, blah, 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 like trying to include us. And I was like, why isn't this just a fucking profile on Abby Jacobson? Because she has not asked us one fucking specific question. That is so true. It was just right? like, I, yeah, it was like, I love Broad City. And it's like, well, I'm not on that show. What else you got, bitch? It was crazy. And then I remember I was talking to, um, to, uh, what's her name? Oh my God. My friend. Kimmy Schmidt. What's her name? Why oh, we, Ellie I'm, Kemper. Ellie Kemper. I was talking to Ellie about it like a while while later. And Ellie was like, oh, I just felt so bad for you guys to have to be there. Like you guys all wrote real books and mine is just like nothing. It's just terrible. <laughs> I was like, Ellie, what are you fucking talking about? She's like, I don't know, Busy. You know, like your books, your guys' books are like all like real. And like you're, you're talking about like being raped. I'm like, I don't know, talking about like a squirrel. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But Ellie, come on. I love oh, Ellie. Oh my God. She's also insane. It's a fucking great book. Yeah. Well, it's just a little window into like, into how personal and how weird it is. It's super mm-hmm. weird. Right. And yeah. just also before we let Phoebe go, fun fact, people sometimes like when we say things that happened on busy tonight, Phoebe was a guest on busy tonight. Mm-hmm. Our studio was in Hollywood, which Hollywood break isn't the best neighborhood. It's no. a little rough. And the night before, someone had tried to break into our studio and smashed <gasps> out a window in the front of our building, which was our dressing room. So oh, that's right. The studio I sent. I forgot about this story. The studio oh, sent yes, someone to. Yes, yes, yes. The studio sent someone to repair the window, and it looked perfect and seamless and not scary. Great, but Phoebe, when she was getting dressed in the dressing room. Stepped on a piece of glass that had been missed in the cleanup. Not great, guys. Cut her foot. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, she's going to have to go to the hospital. She has glass in her foot. And Phoebe was like, no, no, I'm going to pull the glass out and put a bandage it up and I'll be out in a minute. And I was like, like, shit happens. (laughs) You were so nice about it. And I was just like, as, as your friend, I was like, Oh fuck my friend cut her foot and has to go to the hospital. And she needs like a million tetanus shots and everything as the showrunner of that show. I was so appreciative that you were like, no, fuck it. I'm putting my shoe on. I'll be out in this second. 
But that, Phoebe, that encapsulates why I've always fucking loved you because I'm the same person. I'd be like, shit happens. Whatever, guys. Let's just move on. Give me a fucking Band-Aid. I'm fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's the people that, like, get, like, a tiny cut and then, like, cannot go on. You know? Like, those are the people I'm just like, I can't. I don't relate to it. I don't get it. Like, I want to be cool. But at the same time, I'm just like, fucking get it together. Get your shit together. Oh yeah, my god. I was I was just sort of like it's not like someone like is trying to hurt me. I was like it's an accident. <laughs> and so I was like these shoes are cute. We're going to wipe this blood off. I'm going to put my foot in this shoe and look fucking hot as hell. Like I'm here to to have fun. I'm like people don't understand in this business who complain so much and like can't go on as you say busy. I'm like we have such fun jobs and people like can't even like remember that fact and it gets so caught up in the bullshit yeah it's totally insane are you gonna do a second season of your show unclear I mean I would like to um I we're in talks and we see how that goes but I had so much fun doing it um and you know I'm kind of fearful of most things. So I think it makes for fun TV to see me just being scared to be on a horse. So I would love to keep (laughs) doing stuff like that. Guys, the show's doing the most with Phoebe Robinson. It was on Comedy Central. I'm sure it's streaming, right? Yeah. Uh, No, no. So here's the thing that's so nuts, not to get into the integrity. But I asked, we asked Comedy Central because Paramount Plus was coming out. And they're like, oh, all shows that premiere on Comedy Central, linear, can't be on Paramount Plus until 15 months after it airs. And I'm like, people don't watch cable anymore, honey. We learned that like, the hard way. Oh, we asked, yeah. don't worry. We asked, we asked if Busy Tonight could be on Hulu, and we were told the same thing. Actually, <laughs> we weren't like, even told 15 months. We were just told no. <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm like, you have to put these shows on streaming platforms. So cable cable television still has like old school like station owners that are like the affiliates in different markets and like those people like own the station and they're deciding like Mm. to carry Comedy Central or whatever and if they feel like well Comedy Central is just putting all the hit shows that people would watch on to this other streamer onto Paramount Plus then why would people subscribe to cable, uh, which we know they don't like, anyway. Sir, they don't. So then, yeah. so yeah. then, so so it like basically, it's a little bit of deal with the devil, is what I have to say. Like doing anything on cable uh, TV sure. because because they're like the shareholders or whatever the the corporation is sort of beholden to the affiliate companies, the ca- affiliate cable companies, and if they have rule, if they're like fuck no. The content that's on your channel is the content that's on your channel, not on streaming. But then, of course, they make exceptions for things. So, like, it has to yeah. be sort of like negotiated before you go in, right, Case? Yeah, yeah. That's it, my it's understanding. Even why of sometimes it. you can't put like really exciting stuff on YouTube, the network will stop you from doing that because yeah, yeah. We ran into that. We ran into that yeah. a lot with Busy Tonight, which was yeah. that like we were like, oh, okay, so we'll service out these or we'll do these clips or whatever. And they're like, nope, you can't put the whole yeah. Lizzo episode on YouTube. I'm like, why not? Yeah. 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 Or yeah. like when yeah. um, we recreated the dance battle from White Chicks and we were like, can we put this on YouTube? And they were like, we have to wait a little bit. And I was like, well, the Shade Room already put it on and like 7 million people have watched it. So yeah. <laughs> I think whenever we get around to it, we probably shouldn't even bother. So 
Yeah. <laughs> but I really, I hope your show does go on on to Paramount Plus when that 15 months is up. Because, I mean, you know, yeah. time, time is passing. But I hope you, it was a really fun show. What was the scariest thing that you did? Gosh. I think horse riding with Whitney Cummings. That was because I'd never been on an animal like that before. Like I think right. when, I, when I was a kid, I like was on a donkey or something for like a county fair in Ohio because what the fuck else are you gonna do? Right. But like a grown ass horse, I was so terrified. <laughs> I was so scared. I don't think I've ever been okay. on a horse ever. You've never been on a it's horse. Really- I don't- I don't think so. It's really cool. I think you will like it, but they're big. I don't want to get on something that tall that's not alive. Never mind, like, something that can be like, oh, I don't like her, and I'm going to try to kill her. (laughs) I don't know. I just, like, I watched Whitney clean the dick of a horse, and that was, like, enough for me. During the wildfires, Whitney was on a big (sighs) horse penis cleaning program. She, She loves animals, but I'm like... You don't have to love them that much. That's how you know she loves them because she could afford to hire someone to clean horses' penises, I feel like, because she's very <laughs> successful. <laughs> she wanted to do it herself. So <laughs> That's true. Well, as anyone will tell you, like caretaking is like a huge part of, of being considered by any child or animal like to be their primary partner thing that they go to right like yeah. you have to be the one who's like cleaning the ash out of their dicks or if taping you want their buttholes to... and pulling their worms out yeah if you want them to come to you you know when you when you when you call them <laughs> is that should we put that on a t-shirt yes yeah <laughs> it's a little long but i think like a, an oversized hoodie it will fit <laughs> Okay, well, Phoebe, we're gonna let you go because it's been we've 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 held you over too long. But um, please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes. Is out the twenty seventh of September, twenty eighth, twenty eighth September. Although, also, yeah. don't you know this because you have had multiple books come out, uh, which is that bookstores are wild and they'll just like put shit out whenever they feel like it. <laughs> Like, no, I swear to God, that was my experience. I like went into a Barnes and Noble like three days before my book came out and was like sitting there and was like, my book's not supposed to be out yet. And they're like, oh yeah, we just like sometimes just put them out when we get them. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, it's okay. just well, people with jobs and then, boxes. Then I like went into other bookstores and I was like, do you have the, you know my book after I came out? And they're like, yeah, I think it's in a box. I was like, it came out today. <laughs> Anyway, um, so the 28th, you can get the book. It's so good. But you know, the best thing to do if you want to support someone is to buy the book in the bookstore. An independent yes. bookstore, in fact. Yes. An independent yes. bookstore. Guys, you get more points for it for the New York Times bestseller if it comes from an indie store. Which seems crazy. Oh, it does? I didn't know that. That's Phoebe, cool. Stick with me. I know everything. <laughs> like, are you doing a book tour? Or no, you don't have time and it's COVID and whatever. It's it's very limited. So it's like I'm doing a virtual event in New York, uh, a hybrid event in D.C. and an in-person event in L.A. And that's it. It's a tricky time. I agree. And I feel like yeah. I'm supportive of your decision. Um, people can go to your website 
if they want more information about that stuff. And then yeah. your comedy special is out October 14th. 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 H HBO Max. Um, we do have a title, but I don't think it's all the way clear through legal yet. Um, okay. but I think I think it is going to be, but I'm very excited. So get the book, get the special. If you can for the book, I know audiobook, some people prefer audiobooks, but they don't count towards bestsellers list. So either get the hardback or the ebook. Hardcover or ebook. Also get it for everyone in your group chats so that you yes. can have like a little book club on your group chats. And when you get the yes. book, also tag us in your Instagram posts of it so we can share it because we love Phoebe's book and we love Phoebe and we want her to be a New York Times bestseller again. Yes. It would be, be third times the charm. Third times the charm. I mean, the first and second first and second also charmed (laughs) (laughs) but definitely let's not sleep on the third time um Phoebe I really like you so much it's always so nice to um talk to you and I feel like I uh know you more than I do just because I read your books and I follow you on Instagram and I read everything that you write and um and I watch you and I'm really a fan (laughs) <laughs> thank you the feeling is mutual and i know you you're acting in literally everything but whenever you have a break i would love for us to like kiki because i'm now slowly i will do like one in-person hang a week because i'm still sort that. of covid it's freaking me out me too so yeah. let's 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 hang i would love it let's do it when i'm back from the woods the retreat in the woods crying you yes <laughs> Crying camp. when is the tony robbins when is it <laughs> Wait, let me look it up. I, I, we should go. It would be so fun. What Maybe I would okay. go. Tony Robbins. What is it? Seize the day. Hold on. Of course it is. <laughs> Wait, let me go. Let me go to his website. I'm really. I'm. I'm a believer, you guys. <laughs> oh, join Tony Live. Unleash with Tony in person. Okay. It's in Florida. Um. Wow. Well, we have to oh, go to Florida. Yeah, November November 11th through 14th in Palm Beach, Florida. It's called Unleash the Power Within this November. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Palm Beach in November of this year, but okay. if you do, I want to fall. I need a full, a full report. report. Oh, it's like sold out. I'm pretty sure Everything you could get is... in. I'm almost I'm oh. almost positive you could get in. I feel like I feel, I feel like pretty you could confident too. You could, that you yeah. could get in. Uh, you, you can and also your, maybe not even have to pay five thousand dollars. Use which your is name. What I personally think you should do, but I also don't. For, I'm not a fan of you paying that much money also to hear this for white guy tell you slash cult anything. leaders. Just a word of advice: a lot of people do these things impulsively, so it behooves you mm. to have a block of tickets that open up mm. at the last minute because, um, you know, just if you wanna yeah. if you wanna grow your audience, Tony Robbins. Oh my God! There's a fire walking experience. I knew yeah, it. I think I you have to walk on fire. fire. I do think you have to walk on fire. I was gonna I make a fire. Yeah, to walk on fire. Yeah, yeah. Or we could just get barbecue. <laughs> or also, how about I gave? Do you think that Tony Robbins could get down with this? I gave natural childbirth with no drugs twice. No, because I'm sure he thinks yeah. that doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> He'll never have to do it. All I'm saying is, Tony Robbins, I don't think I need to walk on fire. Yeah. (laughs) And Phoebe already walked on glass for us. So, yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> she can be exempt as well if she doesn't want to do it. Um, all right. All right. We love you. And I will. I'm going to call you when I'm back. Yes, let's do it. Let's hang, boo-boo. Thank you okay. so much, you guys. Thank you, Phoebe. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Phoebe Robinson is so great. She is literally we, the greatest. We love her. I'm still scrolling her Instagram to see if she ever talked about the Fox. I mean, I probably should just be focusing on what I'm doing. But... You know what I'm thinking about now? I'm looking for a dining room table while we're talking. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay. I'm painting my nails. You're painting your nails. You're looking for a dining room table. I'm still thinking about this Fox thing. I I don't, I put down the phone because I don't want to be scrolling while we're talking um, because that gives me, like, it's like I had a stroke, you know, like I can't do, I can't talk and, and scroll at the same time. But, I think that a vibrator um, in the image of that fox would be a huge seller. Do you think Disney will ever go for it? No. No, I don't. You don't think uh-uh. Disney will get into the into the vibrator business? No, I don't think so. Hmm. But it could be like the rabbit, but it's the fox. Yeah. Remember when the rabbit was a vibrator? Yes. And Remember a wine that, opener. Remember when like, yes. I hope no one confused them. Oh, God. Ouch. Wait. But also, do you remember how, like, for one second, every celebrity was coming out with, like, a vibrator of, like, like Dakota Johnson has one, right? And oh, does she? I, I don't know a lot about the celebrity vibrator world. I know about like, Candy like, Burris from The Real Housewives. She has one? Well, she has, like, a whole sex toy line, or she did, last I knew. I feel like there was like a moment, maybe like a year and a half ago, where I was getting sent, you know, I get sent a lot of stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. As an influencer, guys. <laughs> uh, and I feel like I were- was sent like multiple celebrity vibrators, like that they had like co-designed with some like fancy hip vibrator company. Um. All right. Well, I guess... I should think about going to pack. I do think I got to say something, Case. What? I think our show's too long. <laughs> okay. I think this podcast is too long. Okay. I think we should try to get it back to like an hour and a half. Okay. And not three hours. Okay. Here's what I will say. What? If we want it to be shorter, we just have to talk for less time because it's not possible to edit four hours of talking down to 90 minutes because we refer back to things that we already talked about and then it doesn't make any sense. And sometimes I feel like the show doesn't get going until like 45 minutes in. Right. And then I'm like, we should, here's what you and I should do. Guys, do you like that we're working this out right now while you're listening? (laughs) Here's what I think we should do. I think we should try, once I'm back from Thayer. Sure. Obviously not today. I think we should try a thing where we start recording. And then uh-huh. when we feel like the show has started. Yes. One of us will call it. Okay. And we'll say, oh, I feel like the show just started. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then yes. we'll just cut the whole chunk before. 
And but then we have to not refer back to the chunk that we we're won't. cutting. Or if we do, we will say this was something that was in the pre-show. <laughs> that you will never hear. Or we can release the pre-show for free. The I don't know. This is already free. <laughs> Yeah, these are all excellent thoughts. There are no bad ideas. Listen, yeah. I'm just coming up with this as we're talking. Yes. I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah. you release it as like an extra, if you want to listen to the first 45 minutes where we where we ramp up. Yeah. I think that that all sounds fine to me. Where, yeah, we'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll there's something, to, I think there's something to it because I do, I was like trying to listen to, you know, it's bad when it's like your own podcast. And I was like, this is too long. <laughs> but well, everybody, ha- everyone who made it through last week's episode with Paul and Janie, everyone I know personally, because I don't, you know, whatever, um, reached out to tell me that A, they fucking loved it. And B, they cried during the Paul and Janie interview when I started crying. And then when Janie started crying. Yeah. And that was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And they, but uh, you felt like unsaid was that people felt like it was too long or you just feel like I just felt like it was too long. Wait, can I tell you about a, (laughs) okay, real quick. And then I'll let you go. Cause I'm trying to keep it short. Can I tell you about a mystery that happened in our house? What? So I like a big full length mirror, you know? Yes. Yes. This rental house did not have any in it. No, it had one in the whole, or no, that's not true. I'm lying. I'm just fucking flat out lying. But there was, it's confusing to live on different floors. Like when you're not a person who's used to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the kids had like a full length mirror up in their bathroom. And then I had one like in the sort of primary floor bedroom, but on the first floor where you're like, I'm leaving the house for the rest of the day. There's no, there was no full length mirror. So I bought one like right when we moved a year ago at like West Elm, I think. And, uh, and then, you know, we were traveling a lot this summer and you've probably, if you watch my Instagram story, if you've been, if you've seen, you've seen this mirror, you've seen me, I've posted like photos from them of mirror selfies in this mirror, whatever. It's yeah. downstairs, like across from where the wine fridge slash where I keep my coats in the winter (laughs) is, okay? So we've been back now for several weeks, right? Yeah. From traveling. Every time I walk past the mirror, I'm like, fuck happened? It's weird. It looks weird. I look weird. I'm like, it's like a funhouse mirror all of a sudden. I'm like, what? Does somebody move like the angle? Maybe the angle of it got moved or something. I tried to like, adjust the mirror on the wall, you know? I was like, it looks, it makes me look, okay. You know how some mirrors are nicer than others, guys. Like, you know, and nicer, I mean like- like, higher quality. Well, or it, or it like, some mirrors are sort of more accurate to what your actual body, more reflective of what your actual body is. Yeah, like a fisheye lens. And some of them kind of stretch you out a little bit. And if it's done in a way that's not super obvious, those are like a real feel-good mirror situation. Yeah. And then sometimes they can funhouse mirror and they can like make you look very like squat or whatever. 
well, that's what's happening with this mirror. Like it's all of a sudden. And I thought like, well, maybe I have gained some weight or I'm just like, I don't know. I was really struggling with it. Like not, not vocalizing it in my yeah. home. And then all of a sudden I had gotten these jeans and I put them on and then I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? And Mark's like, what, what? And he came in. I was like, I need you to look at me in these jeans. And he was like, they look great. Those are great. And I was like, I need you to look in this mirror. And he's like, what the fuck? Busy. <laughs> like, that's not at all accurate. So now the mystery is this. There were definitely people in this house, the rental, while we were gone. Did yeah. someone break the mirror and have it replaced, but like with a bad mirror? Oh. Because I've tried adjusting the angle of it and that's not yeah. what it is. Like, first of all, it's really difficult to do that anyway because it's just like a full length mirror that goes yeah. on your wall from West Elm. Like it's pretty yeah. idiot proof, you know? The only thing I can think is that maybe someone who was in this house doing work or whatever, they were showing the house a bit because they're trying to sell this rental that right, we're in. Right. That someone like busted the mirror and then went and got it fixed somewhere cheap. And like now it's a fun home mirror. Is that possible? That is so weird. Yeah. I mean, it's to it's one, it's more logical than my natural place to go, which would be while you were gone, someone put a two-way mirror in that mirror and they're spying on you. But you said you adjusted it. So did you actually take it off the wall and look behind it? Yes. Okay. All right. So it's not a two-way mirror. Did you see that creepy TikTok in, from New York? This girl in oh, New York. Yeah. She, she found a whole she other was apartment. Like, yeah, a whole other. And they were like, they, she had roommates and she was like, every time, like you go into the bathroom and like wind blows and like her hair was like blowing in the wind. Yes. And so then she was like, wait, what? And behind the medicine cabinet and the medicine cabinet was like not even bolted down fully. And, but like, they just had never noticed or something. And they fully pulled Went through off the, the medicine cabinet and there was a hole to a whole other Fucking apartment. Narnia, an abandoned apartment back there. Terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, it makes sense that when you live in an apartment, your apartment backs up to another apartment. But it should definitely be sealed up. Yeah, for sure. Like you shouldn't be able to get into the other apartment no. through a medicine cabinet hole. No, 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 yeah. no, no. <laughs> anyway, I actually do have to go because I have to get on a Zoom at, in like 10 minutes. Um, okay. But, oh, I guess, what else? This week, guys, if you're interested, I'm participating in the AS4 fundraiser for Liz Winstead. Oh, yes, yeah. So even though I'm on avails, you can hear me sing a song. Seriously. <laughs> I sing. It's called the A is for. Yeah, let me see. Let me find out the information because I think I would love it if people bought 
tickets. Um, They're raising money for abortion funds. It's do re me to totally thrilled to announce that the amazing Jill Sobule, singer of I Kissed a Girl and Supermodel, has just been added to the do re me to lineup, including an exclusive bonus track. Um, It's September 23rd. So it's going to be tomorrow. You can go to doremetoo.com. That's D-O-R-E-M-E-T-O-O.com to yes, register. To, to register uh, and I don't even think I'm not even fun. listed yet. I see you on the poster. Oh, okay. I didn't see you Amanda on the Palmer, Busy Phillips, Jill yep, Solbule. Busy Phillips. Yeah. Um, a bunch of I think Sandra my- Bernhard. Sandra Bernhard. Anyway, I think that I did a really good job. It was, I was very frazzled. It was before I turned to the corner, guys. <laughs> but the incredible Jeff Richmond, uh, Tina Fey's husband, and also the musical composer genius that we love, who does all the Girls 5 Hour music, helped me with the arrangement and found an incredible pianist who I believe she's doing David Byrne's show. Oh, which is so cool. So fucking cool. Yeah, so cool. Which I'm going to have to go back and see again because I love him. Anyway, the point being, get into it. Let's raise some money. Yes. I think my song is good. You can listen to it tomorrow night. I don't know what the tickets are, virtual tickets are, but whatever. Well, go to DoryMeToo.com. There you go, guys. I can't give you all the answers. But (laughs) it's going to be fun and lots of like cool performances. And basically what DoryMeToo, the whole idea of this fundraiser is that we all picked and sang like very like sexist songs by, well, I think mostly male artists, although male artists are not the only ones who sang sexist songs, let's be real. So... Uh, but mine was certainly by a male artist. And honestly, when I got into the lyrics of it, I was truly shook. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've like bopped to this song so many times. Like what the actual fuck? Anyway. But um, now everyone can hear uh, another song that you sing a little bit. Um, the theme song to this show, because we have to go. Guys, I love you so much. Uh, I'm going to be a whole new person next time you hear me. Bye. Oh, no.